alive! It's alive! Yes, just when you thought it was safe to turn off the Rantathon, a new challenger appears in the form of a casual. I am Gnomewise, and I am going to keep talking. This is Rantathon 2010, live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com! So, no crap, there I was, listening to Rantathon 2010, when I heard them planning on calling it before the 10-hour mark, and I said, Monsignor, that dog won't hunt! Now, on the other hand, I suck at solo shows, so you all are going to need to help me in the form of giving me interesting things to talk about. Now, also, I'm on a completely untested rig here. I'm playing on my gaming machine, which is running Windows Vista. <laughs> and uh, I don't generally cast from this machine, so I'm never sure I've gotten in the way of drop-ins or music. I had to quickly copy my background music and my intro from my laptop, which was still in the back of my car from Phoenix Comic Con 2010, where, which if you've been listening or paying attention to the front page of vtwproductions.com, you know that's where I've been for the last couple of days. The email address to get involved with this section of Rantathon 2010 is the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. Now, we have all kinds of interesting variables that can come into play that will uh, make this a very interesting show for me in the form of my new child, who at some point in a regular you know, three-hour rolling troll is going to want to be fed. Uh, so there may be some 10 or 15 minute uh, music breaks during this section while the kid gets the bottle. Uh, Iolite is currently out for an evening of shoes and booze with her girlfriends. Uh, shoes and booze, in case you've not been paying attention, is the evening when they go out and, in this order, uh, tend to go shopping for shoes and then go for dinner and drinks. Uh, hopefully in that order. Because when I do it in reverse order, some very interesting footwear tends to come home and then get returned the next day. Exercise in futility, or futility. <laughs> See what I did there? I'm a little sleep-deprived, can you tell? Hey, look, I found some drop-ins. That's the sugar papa light! I have no idea where the hell that came from, what it's even doing on my Vista machine, but okay. Oh, there's some familiar ones here. Oh, they took my freaking kidney! I can work with that. I can work with that. Uh, what else can I work with here? Uh, oh, hey. Sexy. Twins, Basil. Twins. Now, I also need to know uh, what my sound quality is like because, again, totally untested rig here. Uh, check test one, two. Dial tone. I'm just getting my right and left levels the same because I have a really wacky USB interface on this one and they have different qualities for different monitors for left channel and right channel. So, IRC, how have you been liking the Rantathon 2010 this year? I tuned in on and off during the day just because, you know, real life taking care of baby and giving the wife a break because she best wife in the known universe has been keeping the house under control for the last two days when I went pouncing off to the Comic-Con to rub elbows with the people who are then recorded and stuck on the front page of vtwproductions.com. You should all go and download them. 
and listen to them. And actually, what we may do during the uh, feeding breaks, because we don't have content breaks on Casually Hardcore anymore, we have feeding breaks. Uh, I may play, download and play some of the uh, content I recorded at uh, Comic-Con over the last couple of days. We have some nice bits, uh, very funny bits from the great uh, one of my heroes, Will Wheaton. Why is he my hero, you say? Well, not because he played Wesley freaking Crusher. Uh, more sort of what he's done with his internet presence that is something I aspire to and try and emulate to a slight extent with the stuff I do that you guys hear about. Uh, he writes in a way that I wish I could write. He speaks and presents in a way that I wish I could speak and present. Um, just uh, has... You know, he was a blogger before there were bloggers, uh, and I've never been much of a writer, so I'll never be a good blogger, which is why I have turned to the audio thing. Sadly, he also turned his hand to the audio thing and does really well at it. He has a show that he kindly has given us permission to play on our 24-7 server, you may have heard if you tune in when there's no shows on, called Radio Free Burrito, and is quite hilarious and usually very interesting. You'll read out stuff he's written and play some very interesting music that has no RIAA uh, controls attached to it, which is a happy, happy, joy, joy. Yes, uh, brown chicken, brown cow, brats in the IRC. I'm going to try not to stare too much at the old IRC when I do a solo show because it results in dead air while I do this. Now that was an example of Gnomewise reading the IRC while on the air, also known as freaking dead air that sucks. So we'll try not to do that. I'll try and read the IRC between segments and read some emails uh, between segments as well. But also, again, I need you guys to send your emails, redirect your emails that you were directing at Octel and Hordak versus the World that did not get read out, and send them to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. <sighs> so, who do we have listening this evening? Let's take a quick look at the metric machine. Dun, dun, dun. Looks like we've got 93 of you camping on the 128K stream. And how many remain on the 56K stream? We have 25 of you on the 56K stream. So I didn't hemorrhage too many of you when they switched streams to me, which surprises me because I'm an order of magnitude less interesting than a sleep-deprived Octail, Hordak, and Doc Dead, and, for special bonus this year, Mistress of Giggles. Let's get gnome-wise some content. See, I'm uh, disobeying my own rules there. I was reading The Black Void, also known as the IRC. Can you tell I'm home alone and the wife's not here to... He to hear me, you know, behaving like an idiot on the air. <sighs> ah, to be young again. Yes, but instead, I am the old fart of the station. Yes, indeed, I am old and bent. And Turtle in the IRC, yes, it did end, but then it didn't end. It just changed into something substantially less interesting, also known as me. And Daxa, unfortunately, is down sick today. Uh, Iolite was supposed to attend uh, the last day of Comic-Con with her, and she had to bow out because she came down with the crud that she probably caught on the first day of Comic-Con, because for those of you who have ever attended a convention 
full of uh, nerd funk, you're almost guaranteed to come down with something moderate or nasty. In fact, two Penny Arcade Expos ago, they actually had an outbreak of something like H1N1 where a lot of people fell sick after the uh, pack, and they call it the PAX flu, struck everyone. So actually, what I've learned from going to cons over the years is when I go, like when I went to get uh, autographed from Felicia Day and Will Wheaton and... Uh, James Marsters, I very specifically walked up with my hands behind my back and said, I'm not going to offer to shake your hand because I don't want to expose you to any of the crud that I have uh, been exposed to. You're probably going to get sick anyway, but I don't want to be the one who gave it to you, so I would love to shake your hand, but I'm not going to in this environment because that's the kiss of death. So, yeah. It's any place you gather a whole seating mass of humanity and put them in sweaty rooms together with bad airflow, you kind of tend to uh, get each other sick. Oh, yeah, and also while I'm doing this, I'm playing WoW. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm leveling my uh, gnomish death knight, also known as Death Gnome. And that's actually the character's name. Uh, I actually dinged him 75 earlier today. I'm enjoying kind of take, making this my holiday weekend day, and I'll be doing uh, house projects and such tomorrow, uh, which in the U.S. is a holiday. We have Memorial Day. This is our uh, three-day weekend. And, oh, sorry, Cogswell, I didn't mean to bore you. Um, I am, I hope, a little more interesting than a dead squid, but, I mean, I understand if, if I'm not. Um... Maybe this was a bad idea. Uh, excuse me for a second. <laughs> okay, I'm feeling better now. Uh, oh, I'm getting pats from... Suck it up? Okay, I'll suck it up, Harper Lights. Well, you, you suck it up and go make us more art. Okay? Woman, get in the kitchen and make us some more art. Um... Guys, do not kill Cogswell. He just gave me a great excuse to do some emotive acting on the air, you see. And I'm going to do you know, the whole uh, William Shatner thing. It's been kind of a Star Trek kind of weekend for me. So you just pull the elbows in. Do, oh my God, Bones. Or, my God, Cogs. You, you really kicked me in the jimmy. No, that sucks. I'll, 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 I promise you I will never uh, do that again. Ever. Yes, that, that just sucked dead air. Ah, so, no crap. There we were, walking down this yellow brick road. Oh, God, I'm getting tells in-game. I should never have given my character name out on the air. And I figured out the bizarre spelling that I'm doing. <sighs> that was not a good idea. Excuse me. I'm being... Ex <laughs> being distracted by the Grey Void, and also being distracted by the arrival of emails that I requested. So, we have an email from Bratz, also from the IRC. Dear Fifth Leg. Ooh, I'm the Fifth Leg. Gnarly. I'm an odd-numbered leg. Those are the interesting ones, you see. Because uh, the even-numbered one... Anyway, I'll let you figure it out. Greetings, Gnomewise, and welcome to the Rantathon. So, what I would like to ask, basically, is how do you feel about Cataclysm's lack of information regarding almost any classes of paladins and warriors? It seems almost all the information coming out in the last weeks is solely concerning the paladin warrior, and it really is annoying that classes such as the major left out in the cold. That from Bratz. 
uh, really couldn't care less about cataclysm at this point. I've learned through hard lessons not to really pay attention to information really until immediately before launch. Having participated in uh, alphas and betas for the last two uh, expansions of uh, World of Warcraft, the degree to which the game changes and decisions are reversed or new ideas are brought into play is actually quite remarkable. If you've not played, and I played the Death Knight class during Alpha at its inception, and the Death Knight class that made it to launch bore almost no resemblance to the class that I played during Alpha and Beta. The amount of change and on-the-fly redesigning that the developers do when they realize they have something that is not working the way they want it to can be quite astounding. So I'm a little more tolerant in understanding of the lack of information far before launch because they're really hesitant to promise you something that they may never deliver. They've even I mean, there were major content items that were part of the original announcement for Wrath of the Lich King, uh, such as dance studios. You were supposed to be able to change the dance that your character did when you did a slash dance. That never came to pass. Yes, that's not an important feature, but it's one they put up on the big. 15 foot tall screens at BlizzCon said, here's a piece of content we're going to bring you. They also planned an aerial combat component to uh, Lake Wintergrass that never made it to live because they could not make it work satisfactorily. So, I can understand why they're a little gun shy about uh, making hard announcements about how things are going to work in Cataclysm when they haven't really tested them in Alpha or Beta. So, I'm unconcerned. I uh, hope to get into beta at some point and start poking my nose around. I hope they do an open beta like they have done for StarCraft II so we can throw out videos for you guys and have you uh, do evenings where you uh, jump in the IRC and play along with us and then you see the video results of what you're asking for, but that remains to be seen. Uh, I've got my, you know, all my opt-ins opt in place and we'll see which of, who on staff gets sucked into the uh, Cataclysm beta and if it's a closed beta or an open beta. We shall see. <sighs> yes, dead air. <sighs> dead air. <sighs> I'm hyperventilating. A little, a little lightheaded, it feels... Huh? Kind of good, actually. Anyway. Oh, they took my freaking kidney! And what else? I'm super. What the hell did I load drop ins on this rig? This rig that I never use. <laughs> that, uh, that doesn't suck. So, let's look at uh, Black Void Oh, another email just poked its head in the door at the show at alphageekradio.com. Let's see here. The Wordna sends in the following. Hello, Gnomewise. The Wordna here, cursing you for continuing Rantathon. Thank you. My mission here is finished. I thought it was safe, and I has stayed up as late as it lasted. It's already 11.40 my time, but no, I have to continue. But I shall not be defeated. You hear me? I shall not fail. So I sit here with some barbecue, a Diet Pepsi, an energy drink, and a quarter of the leader of the Mountain Dew as I listen. Side note, it's hard to RP and listen to Rantathon at the same time. Yes, with Octel gone, I can say I'm an RPer laughs 
evilly. Well, so far this email has no point, so I better say something important. Okay, what is your favorite food or drink for late night gaming sessions? Now, while I don't have the official drop-in of RP, I do have, it looks like, a uh, drop-in from Octane Hordeck versus the World that mysteriously has found its way onto my backup broadcast rig, and it goes kind of like this. Why? Do you feel sufficiently chastised? Because you should. Uh, food for late night gaming sessions. Well, I'm old and bent, and I don't do a whole lot of late night gaming sessions anymore just because got to get up for work in the morning and there's uh, chillins in the house. Uh, but if I'm going long haul, uh, my favorite beverage used to be uh, Mountain Dew Red Alert which appears to be vanishing from the shelves. They have this rainbow of other nasty-looking colors of Mitten Dew, because it's not Mountain Dew anymore. It's Mitten Dew, M-T-N Dew. Yay. No, Frosty Joan, I am absolutely positive that I am getting old. I've said about 16 times in this session already. So anyway, uh, Code Red Mountain Dew uh, would be the... Beverage of choice, uh, mana potion style uh, energy shots. If I was really going for you know the five hour energy equivalent, and you people from uh, manapotions.com, you're listening. You know you really, really medically need to be advertising on VTW Radio because damn, I mean, come on, guys, it's us. You want us pushing your product. We use it, and everyone who listens to our shows are potential customers. So you suck for not advertising with us yet. I expect an email to the show at alphageekradio.com post-haste. Uh, Food-wise, I really avoid food because it really gums up the keyboard. Um, if you've ever heard of the concept of keyboard granola, that's the food detritus you can shake out of your keyboard uh, onto your desk and uh, eat and survive off of in an emergency. I sort of avoid putting that stuff in there in the first place. So certainly nothing with a powdery coating on it. If I do anything, it's usually miniature uh, bite-sized pretzels because they are a good carb blast and they have no nastiness that is going to gum up my mouse and keyboard and or pad. Mouse pad, that is. <sighs> XKCD prank? Whiskey Tango Foxtrot? Explain yourself, Biomed. Something neat happens if you hold your keyboard upside down and try to look into it. No. Don't do it. Do not listen to the Biomed Alchemist. He is evil. I'm not even sure that's a real Biomed Alchemist. He could be an imposter. You should rise up as one and take him down. Kneel upon his windpipe. Do it now. Do it now. Sorry, I was tapping into my inner total biscuit there. <laughs> not sure that fits. I'm not nearly British enough for that. Uh, thank you for the email. And oh, look, more emails have come in. See, free content. It's a grand thing. Chris here. Just wanted to say good luck with the show. Yeah, indeed. We'll see if I get, you know, an hour into this. And by the way, people, don't expect me to go for like another nine hours here. That is not my goal or even a realistic expectation. Uh, but I do have several more hours, you know, at least three to six, depending on how generous I'm feeling towards my spouse, uh, how many feedings I'm going to take, where I kind of have to stay conscious and, uh, 
do the feeding thing. So we got about two hours to go to your channel next feeding, and then we'll see if I'm in, in charge of the one after that. Then I must just stay up and plow right through, since tomorrow is a holiday, and I don't have to get up. And so quickly, I want to say good luck with the show. Question, what is your favorite Doctor Who episode with a little description and why? And go! Well, that's a loaded question because being older than dirt like I am, uh, Doctor Who, to me, means something very different than Doctor Who to you young kids these days. Because I've been listening, or been watching Doctor Who since 1974. Uh, so John Pertwee was my first doctor, uh, and he was the third doctor. Now, to give you an idea, we're up to 10 or 11 now, uh, of actors who have reprised the role. There was actually a fantastic bit in the most recent episode that we've seen here in the U.S. anyway, where the doctor thinks he's holding out the psychic paper, which his companion has made off with, and instead is holding out his library card with a picture of William Hartnell on it, who was the original Doctor Who from the original 1960s uh, Doctor Who television series, which I just thought was freaking awesome. Yes, I'm breathing again. I'm going to keep breathing, goddammit, otherwise you don't get a show and I get to asphyxiate. Why does IRC hate me so? Hmm? Hmm? So, asking me my favorite Doctor Who episode, uh, I'm going to assume you are leaning towards the new. And I'm going to go with a two-part episode, the Silence in the Library and the Forest of the Dead, which was during uh, the David Tennant Donna Noble uh, part of the series, and introduced the character of River Song, which is an enigmatic character that the Doctor rarely runs into, which is someone who knows things about his future, which is actually a mechanic that I'm surprised no one else has really used before as the writers of Doctor Who. Um, you have a time traveler. Why shouldn't he be encountering people that he, quote, hasn't met yet, left, right, and center? Yes, the universe is fairly huge, but it's a pretty good story device where... You guys should be using this. And they finally have. And there's you know, heavy implications that there's a deep personal relationship between River Song and the Doctor in that she knows his true name, which none of us know because we've only ever known him as the Doctor. But one would assume that you know, as a kid on Gallifrey, he had a, a name name that his parents gave him. And apparently he does, and she knew it, and there's all kinds of heavy implications of dun-dun-dun, why does she need the husband wife? Of course, she's dead by the end of the episode, so we don't find out from her. But we have now re-encountered her, now that Stephen uh, Moffat has taken over the production of the show, and reintroduced the character, uh, taking a slightly different direction, but still the, I know more about your future. Uh, he knows that she's dead already in his... Uh, warped timeline, but that was the introduction of that character. The writing in that uh, series of the two-parter was really good. A really interesting concept was put forth. Good science fiction. Uh, great interplay. Great use of the Donna Noble character, who depending on when you're watching her, is either uh, very compelling or very annoying. Um, I found her that she grew on me over time. I've spoken to other friends who are fans that uh, hate her with a, an abiding passion that burns brighter than the stars. But anyway, 
Uh, so, yes, as I have the question, to that question is the two-parter uh, previously mentioned. Back to the email box. From Biomed Alchemist, Gnomewise. This is titled Comic-Con 2000 and... Replicant! What were your thoughts on Comic-Con as a whole? Did you have any off-air stories to share? Um, it was a pretty typical con. Because I was doing you know, coverage for you guys, I didn't get a lot of time to attend the smaller panels. As is the, the problem with cons like this, is they have the main gathering hall, and then this one had a remarkable number of small gathering halls, and without fail, you know, two or three things that I was interested in would all be going on at the same time. So, and I was backstage uh, at the main convention area for a good chunk of the time broadcasting stuff, and because at the end of the main broadcast, I kind of just packed stuff up and headed home to spell my wife who'd been on double childcare duty solo for the whole day. I didn't stay for any of the late night stuff. And again, remember, old and bent. So, uh, But as with any gathering of the tribes like that, uh, it is always a breath of fresh air and refreshing to be amongst our people. Uh, to see all the people who are shamelessly living the yes, I'm a big geek who likes to dress up as an animated television character and you just have to deal with me uh, is always a happy and wonderful thing. Um, and I didn't feel particularly old because they're all age groups represented um, at the Phoenix Comic Con. So it's it's just kind of I, I recharge my batteries at things like this um, but, uh, even to a larger extent than the BlizzCons of the world because this is a, a wider cross section of the tribes than you get at just BlizzCon because uh, there are plenty of people who, at uh, Comic Con who couldn't care less about video games uh, but are deeply into speculative fiction writing reading and cosplay and I'm being forced to modify my usual assertion uh, that Americans should never cosplay. There were some startling examples of the, oh my god, you thought that was a good idea to wear breed there, but there were also some really damn fine examples of cosplay to be seen there. Uh, Daxa took a uh, large number of really good pictures, which are available on the Casually Hardcore Facebook page. Go there. Like us now www.facebook.com slash uh, or just do a search for Casually Hardcore because the slash bit is a bunch of numbers and letters that aren't worth repeating on the air. You will never remember them. So yeah. Uh, universally positive. Um, got to you know press the flesh with the uh, Will Wheatons and Felicia Days and Jonathan Frakes and LeVar Burtons of the world. Just because we were camped out backstage they got to you know, wait in the wings next to us and give a unique opportunity to strike up conversations. I also got to uh, persuade Will and Felicia to tweet our URL to uh, the rather large number of followers that they have on Twitter. So thanks, guys. Uh, you should see the uh, charts of the uh, traffic on our site when th those tweets went out. Damn. If you, if you need to market anything, you know, call these guys because there are people paying attention to every word that they say. And we've got all the uh, podcasts that we think would be of interest to you guys are already posted. They are available on the front page of vtwproductions.com. And we'll be playing a couple of those during our breaks during this, uh, especially during the feeding breaks of uh, this section of Rantathon. Uh, 
And yeah, I'm just kind of recovering today. Today was a day of rest and being slothful and hanging around the house and just recovering from walking miles and miles in, in circles around the Phoenix Convention Center and uh, carrying the tablet PC around when we were doing the roving report a bit because, damn, that thing gets heavy after a couple hours. Why can't the battery life be shorter, I ask you? Okay. New email here. Dear Potator, why am I a potato? Aristotle, you need to clarify. Potato? Because the only character I've ever done was Remy. And that was, uh, you know, last BlizzCon, you know, Remy and Jeffro kind of went toe-to-toe. And, mm, but uh, potato? I don't feel like no potato. Moving on. Here you go. Have some content. Number one, would you support the idea of the Bard Hero class presented as an April Fool's joke a few years ago? No, uh, I think they've very wisely jettisoned the entire Hero class idea. Because uh, if you make one class that is substantially superior to all other classes, you will wind up with a game full of nothing but that class, which is why the Death Knight is now pretty much merely another class in the game. Don't call them hero classes, just call them, there's a new class we're launching for the expansion called Blah. Puppies. Is anyone on the casual hardcore staff going to give Bobby more money to turn their characters into a puppy? I'm assuming you're talking about a race change money, and no, everyone that we've talked to around the casual hardcore table has talked about rolling a uh, new character to play the new low-level leveling content. Because there's going to be whole new starting areas and whole new leveling content associated uh, with the new puppy race. So, no, quite the contrary. Everyone is interested in rolling an alt. And we'll probably see an upsurge in the number of druids, since this is a new class able to be druids. And I believe they're also giving uh, trolls the uh, druid ability on the other side to balance things out. And so, no, uh, we're not going to be giving uh, Bobby any more money. Six million dollars! Anyway, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? See, I'm not a big horror movie fan. So it's a really dead-end question to ask somebody like me. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, not the unnecessary remake. Thank you very much. No sequels, no numbers after the name, just A Nightmare on Elm Street. End of discussion. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen European swallow carrying one coconut? Well, African and European swallows are non-migratorian, and they cannot grip it by the husk, so... There is a dead squid on my face, therefore your question is invalid. Mary Rantathon Continuations. I finally get home just in time to hear Octel and Mog hop off the air and hand it off to you. Good luck from Aristotle. P.S. Higher blood alcohol content might be a good fallback if people plan to start falling out of IRC and the streams. No. 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 Me plus ethanol and microphone repeatedly has been demonstrated to be a very bad idea with capital letters in front of each word. So, uh, highly unlikely. I will sign off before I will get drunk on the air because I don't want to do that to all of you guys. 
thank you for the email, Air Steel. Now that brings us up to our first break. I'm going to cram a little uh, Exorb. Oh, what a shocker! Gnomewise playing Exorb as his uh, RAAA free music between sessions. I'm also going to try and uh, do some downloads here and bring in some of the segments from the recently passed, well, yesterday, Phoenix Comic Con. So. I'm going to go take a little potty break and get my crap together here, uh, since this was thrown together in about, oh, six minutes. And you are listening to the continuation of Rantathon 2010 live on Versus the World Radio. Join us on the web, vtwproductions.com. Click on the chat button. Send your emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. Be right back.
listening to him continues live on Versus the World Radio. Unexpectedly, I am Homewise, and you are the world, and I am Versus You. Nah, it just doesn't roll off the tongue the same way, does it, guys? We do what we can with what we can. Okay, I've done kind of a security patrol of the house. Uh, the Oz is sleeping. The Nemesis is sleeping. The Arch Nemesis is sleeping, but likely to wake up at any moment. That will be one of the uh, things about these segments is when she wakes up and demands to be fed, that's when the break happens. Not really a whole lot of point in trying to delay it, because it is inevitable. Death, taxes, and baby wanting to be fed. All these things are constants. All right, we have some more emails here. Let's see here. <laughs> Dear Gnome... Fine. Art. I guess this is my application for Station Art Monkey or whatever. And now you get no cookies for the kitchen comment. That from Harpalice. Yeah, I may have crossed the line there, but still. Uh, did you, in fact, get up and get in the kitchen and, uh, you know, get me some dinner? Uh-huh. I knew you did. I reject your reality and substitute my own. That from Harpalice, Idino Morlock, Vice Overlord of Impending Doom, Ice Crown, U.S. Let's see here. Wow. Uh, lots of really large fonts in this email from Evil McBadGuy. Uh... <laughs> Time ranks Virtual Boy and Farmville among the top 50 worst inventions. I second that. Uh, Virtual Boy, just because it failed utterly at its uh, intention, uh, which is to be a next generation of gaming device, and not something that gave you seizures and eye strain. And Farmville, because it is a time vampire soul-sucking thing that makes people think they're playing games when in fact the wait a second I'm sitting here playing World of Warcraft watching an auction house scan so I guess I really can't speak from a position of any kind of moral superiority so I'll just shut up now Mass Effect movie happening uh, again old bent barely have time to play the one game that I play so I couldn't really speak to whether Mass Effect is decent fodder for movie adaptation though looking at the history of movie adaptations from video games to movies the most I can muster for you on that topic is meh it's will be an act of God uh, universe altering event if it is a smashing success and high quality uh, piece of film so yeah meh and Batman and Spider-Man producers take on the EA Bioware game is that a link? that is not a link that's just a okay I'm not sure what that line actually means so even like bad guy if you're in the uh, IRC there explain yourself huh? 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 oh yeah 42nd delay <laughs> oh, yeah, he gave me a link right under that. See see how hard I fail? No, that's the Mass Effect movie link. Why did you put that in there? Ugh, fail. Fail, fail. Well, you see, it's Legendary Pictures. So, uh, that's the same company that's allegedly developing the World of Warcraft movie. 
that we've heard oh so much about, and this is my sarcasm face and my sarcasm voice, because, yeah, the World of Warcraft movie's happening too. So, I'll believe it when I see it, because that's, this will be a second, uh, Adaptation of video game that has fallen into the great black void of development hell. Meh. Yes, 40 second delay, Fretz. There you go. How long did it take me to actually read that out? Oh, sorry. Dead air. See, I will not get on the Ustream. I look like hammered crap right now. And uh, none of you want to see that. So I'm just sheltering your poor young minds. And more emails. Dear Gnomewise from Seiyu, what is your ideal type of sandwich? How involved do you get in your sandwich design and construction? Regards, Seiyu. Uh, sandwich for me, the only vital components are two hunks of bread encapsulating a payload. Uh, my preferred sandwich is a plain hard roll with fresh sliced deli turkey in it, and that's it. Bread and meat. No cheese, no mayo, no mustard, no pesto, just fresh bread and freshly sliced meat. And the freshness is the bit that matters to me. It does need to be you know, a, a hard roll from the day it was produced and recently shaved off of the breast turkey. Ideally, mesquite smoked if you can pull it off, but just regular old, you know, basted turkey will do. So, bread and meat. And I said what kind of bread frets. I said a plain hard roll. So, in a pinch, you know, a, a length of French roll a la baguette will do. Um, just needs to be reasonably flavorful, somewhat crusty bread with fresh sliced uh, poultry. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, bacon makes everything better. There's those three lovely words from the English language wrapped in bacon, and now I have wood. Um, but in this particular sandwich, I don't feel badly because another of my favorite sandwiches is the bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Uh, so we have toasted bread, a little bit of lettuce, some nice ripe fresh tomato, and lots and lots of fatty, smoky, crispy, overcooked bacon. Oh, yes! However, I'm very lazy. And that's more work than I'm usually willing to put forth to get a sandwich, unless I really have a craving for a BLT. So I'll usually just go for the hard roll and fresh sliced turkey instead. Yep. And I think people... Uh, yes, we are... Uh, I'm assuming you covered this topic during the Octail, Hordeck, and Doc Dead and Mog section of uh, the Rantathon, so... Possibly they are getting tired. I know, I'm old and tired because I've been listening to Rantathon all day and then I foolishly picked up the ball and said, I'll go for some more. What the hell was I thinking? From Abulix, question for you. Have you watched Top Gear, UK version? I didn't know there was any other than the UK version. And if so, do you have a favorite moment? Go. 
yes, I rapidly follow Top Gear, uh, possibly because one of the presenters, Jeremy Clarkson, is, uh, I think, a clone of one of my favorite clients, uh, a gentleman who runs a high-performance air intake system design and manufacturing firm here in Phoenix called AirAid, and... I do their IT for them. He's a wonderful guy, and he is Jeremy Clarkson. It's actually kind of frightening. He's just an American version of him. So, yeah, I watch uh, Top Gear all the freaking time. As far as a favorite moment goes, this from a recent episode that they've released here in the U.S., when they did the uh, driving out of the rainforest, uh, Richard Hammond freaking out because of the large flying insects in the cab of his uh, Toyota Land Abuser. Yeah, that was uh, pretty damn amusing to see them screaming like a little girl. The little girl that we always knew he was. Uh, from the Grey Void, Boba Fetter sends me a tell-in game saying Canadian bacon for the win. Back bacon is not bacon and sullies the name of bacon. How dare you? And the Black Void, a tell from Evil McBad Guy. There was a U.S. version of Top Gear, but it only got past the pilot. It had Adam Carolla as a host. Hmm. Substantially different, I think, from... And, uh, but, you know, the big thing that gets me, keeps me watching Top Gear UK is the personality of the three presenters. I mean, I don't, I'm not a gearhead by any stretch of the imagination. I am a maker. I will hack hardware, but not... Uh, not really my vehicle. So, the reason for watching Top Gear is all about May, Clarkson, and Hammond. And if you do not watch Top Gear, uh, this is your official call to arms that you should. Because even if you're not a gearhead, you can fast forward through the sections where they do the heavier duty review of vehicles, but even those are pretty well scripted and have amusing bits in them, even for non gearheads. And just watch these three British people be very abusive to each other. And genius and great television ensues. This is the reason why they've been going for seven years and 14 series. Uh, ooh, stuff from the Black Void. What is the best piece of tech coming out in the next year that you're looking forward to? Um, Android-based tablet PCs. So... I'm looking, there are some available, I'm looking for a nice, mature, reasonably priced tablet to uh, finally fulfill my dream of the tablet PC. I've been trying to use tablet PCs since the late 90s, when they first became available. I even played around with Windows CE-based convertible uh, Toshiba and Fujitsu tablets, and none of them really lived up to the promise of the form factor. And I believe, you know, the iPad is the first generation of product that is really delivering on the idea of the, you know, handheld computing device for browsing internet content, uh, you know, controlling household devices, book reading, uh, movie viewing, television viewing, and... I have a hell of a better chance getting a workable version of the Slingbox controller on a tablet PC based on Android OS than I will ever get on iPhone, or on iPad, rather. So, you know, one of my major you know, pieces of tech in the house is the Slingbox that lets me 
view my sorry hearing strange noises from the other part of the house um, view my whatever's on my home DVR from anywhere uh, via the miracle of the interwebs and it simply doesn't work properly uh, under the current tablets and hopefully that something to allow me to use that and not live in Apple's little walled garden uh, will be coming soon. And it is. Whether I'll be able to afford it with a new kid in the house is pretty bloody unlikely, but that would be the piece of tech that I would go for given my druthers. <sighs> Snowmores. There's back bacon, but also Canadian bacon. There's bacon packaged and marketed in Canada. It tends to be more lean than what is sold in the U.S. And there's also maple bacon, but we don't discuss it. Okay, I grew up near Buffalo, New York, which is right across the Niagara River from the great state of Canada. So I am well-versed in all things Canadian bacon, and I have always found it to be a vile and pale imitation of true bacon. So... I feel very strongly on this. You you should not try to convert me or explain to me the wonders and good things of Canadian bacon. I have tried it and found it wanting. If you love it, fantastic. More power to you. But to me, bacon is the belly bit, smoked, flavored, and then fried to crispy perfection. Nom, 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 nom. All right, let's chew through some more emails here. And again, you should all be sending emails with silly questions and interesting things to consume the time that make up Rantathon 2010 to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. Uh, what is your opinion of breast implants? Um, why would you want faucets on the walls with no pipes? And that's all I have to say about that. I think I hear my son upstairs flushing the toilet repeatedly for no readily apparent reason. Oh, look, we're almost up against the break. Good. I'll let you know the results of my investigation after the next break. Uh, email from the Black Void. Hey there, casual ranter. It's Agrius SW here again with an email to help keep you afloat. First, you guys have already said that you don't plan to race change tunes to Worgen, but will any of you change your tunes to a new racer class combos like I plan to change my female Drenai shaman into a dwarf female shaman? Second, have you ever watched the Avatar cartoon series from Nickelodeon? What do you think about the movie coming out, and do you think you will see it? Finally, I would like to give a big shout to my girlfriend, Ambrosia Hartnett, who I have recruited into WoW, and I'm really enjoying the time we spend together, both in-game and out. From Agrius, SW, Level 80, Human Paladin, Guild, Civil Warcraft, Shattered Hand, US, and Paladin to Ambrosia. <sighs> no one I've been around has spoken anything about uh, race and class changing. So the short answer is, mm, nope, not yet. So I'm very interested in seeing the graphics for the dwarf totems and whether they will in fact look like kegs of beer or very large steins. That to me would make perfect sense. Uh, but anyway... And I think that the female dwarf uh, models are the most underrated female uh, tunes in the game, but that's just me. 
and the Avatar cartoon series. I'm assuming you, you are referring to the Last Airbender as opposed to the uh, Avatar. James Cameron creation um, didn't really follow the cartoon. Um, I've really fallen off the anime wagon in the past many years. Uh, you know, I jumped back in long enough to do a little Cowboy Bebop a couple of years ago, and then fell back out again just because not enough hours in the day, people. And however, everything I've seen about the uh, M Night Shyamalan version of it, uh, I think he can pull it off. Uh, the, I think the source material is strong and I believe it will be good um, I've liked most everything that uh, Shyamalan has done to varying degrees uh, I'm glad he kind of has gotten away from the ooh what a twist uh, type of film making and it'll be a new new furrow for him to be uh, adapting already established uh, canon into a movie. The effects certainly look to be fairly epic uh, from the previews we are now seeing uh, before movies. Uh, it's something I will very likely go and see unless I am waved off by horrible reviews or friends saying, oh my god, what a waste of money that was. But, uh, no, so far, looking pretty good. Alright, that brings us up against another break where I will investigate what the hell that noise was. However, I have foolishly not prepared any music yet. Ah, how I fail. Shall we count the ways? Well, number one, I didn't have music ready. Number two, I can't really effectively keep talking to you while I'm sifting through my list of music for stuff that won't get me arrested. Because I suck at the internet radio. Ah, uh, yes. There's you'll do, and you'll do. And then we go back to more of that. See what I did there. Give myself a drop-in. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? Hmm, that level was so high. Let's try it again. No, no. Uh, be sure to get your whole head in front of the shotgun. Thank you for calling. No. Terrence with the words! Well, that's oddly appropriate because that's all we're doing here today on Ranthathon 2010. What did they actually, uh, you guys in the Black Void tell me what they come up with as their tagline? You know, was it 2000 wine, uh, 2008, what was 2010? Because I missed that part during the beginning. <sighs> and I'll take your answers off the air because I'm going to the music break and going to wander upstairs and see Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. That noise was. Be right back. Thank you. 
News Live on Versus the World Radio. Dun, dun, dun. That's how you do that. Okay. So I'm just detaching a window from Firefox. Because I have an idea. Yes, free content. So, here's a little segment I just came up with in the last 15 seconds called Stumble Upon Roulette. Yes, I'm going to smack the Stumble Upon button in my browser and relate to you what the hell it comes up with. And in the meantime, you guys can get more emails. Oh, God, my emails did come in. And we'll get to those in a little bit. Now, I will warn you that my lovely daughter, whom I have nicknamed Squeaker, has begun squeaking. So, the chances of screaming child demanding food uh, were at, uh, let's say, DEFCON 3 at this point. Uh, DEFCON 1 means you guys get to listen to Will Wheaton for about 40 minutes while I uh, feed the child. So, be on standby for that. Alright, so, I'm looking at my copy of... Firefox. Off to my right monitor, I've got you guys in the black void. On my left monitor, I have Sam Broadcaster. Center monitor, we have Firefox. Smack the button. What do we get? No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop! Top ten crazy facts about Kim Jong-il. Hmm. Number ten. He had a supernatural birth. Number nine. He is a fashion trendsetter. Number eight. The world loves him. Number seven. He invented the hamburger. Number six. He is the best natural golfer in history. Number five. If he gets addicted to a drug, everyone else does too. Number four. He once kidnapped a prominent director to film a Godzilla ripoff for him. Number three. He had disabled... He had disabled and short people deported from his capital. Number two, at one time, he was the world's biggest buyer of Hennessy. Number one, he maintains a city that was built just to be looked at. Alrighty then. Even if none of those are true, they were still amusing to read. Actually, more top ten lists. I see one in the lower right-hand corner. I see Obelix from the Astelix and Obelix comics. And it's titled The Top Ten Misconceptions About the Vikings And they have a picture of a gall Here In the section about Top Ten Misconceptions About the Vikings <sighs> Oh, by the way The WTF noise was the aquarium uh, Where the uh, filter of return Had fallen off And was uh, venting air through the uh, return nozzle, and it sounds like it's freaking doing it again, despite the fact that I disassembled it, got all wet, and fixed it. <sighs> anyway, yeah, they just assumed, because this is a picture of a big guy with a big yellow mustache with uh, a horned helmet on, that he must have been a uh, Viking. Fail! Okay, misconception. The Vikings were a nation. That was number ten. Number nine, wild, dirty people. The Vikings were all dirty, wild-looking people. Number eight, the Vikings were all big and blonde. These are misconceptions, by the way, people. Number seven, the Vikings drank from skull cups. Number six, the Vikings used crude and unsophisticated weapons. Number five, the Vikings lived only in Scandinavia. Number four, the Vikings were hated everywhere. Number three, the Vikings were unusually bloodthirsty and barbarian. Number two, the Vikings pillaged as their only way of living. And number one, the Vikings wore helmets with horns. 
Okay, that wasn't technically me smacking the stumble upon button again, but it was an interesting bit from a stumbled upon page, so I'm going to allow it. And I have mostly uh, very hard to kill tetras, say you, but I've got some uh, black neon tetras. I've got a whole. Uh, I don't even remember the names, and it's late, so I have unimpressive uh, large quantities of fish. And then a bunch of platies up in my son's room that he kills on a regular basis. Hitting the stumble upon button now. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop! And has stopped on a very uninteresting video. Is this a video or is this a flash game? Because I have no script, so things don't load automatically. Mm, no, I'm not that interested in looking at the hacked Mario game video. That was a whammy. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stopped. Uh, we stopped at a recipe for baked ziti. The printable, no, we don't the printable version. We got four cups prepared spaghetti sauce, homemade or jar, one pound of ground beef, 15 ounces of container of ricotta cheese, one quarter cup parsley finely chopped, one egg slightly beaten, three quarter tablespoon salt, one quarter tablespoon pepper, eight ounces of shredded mozzarella cheese, and one half cup parmesan cheese. There are instructions here on how you're supposed to assemble these, but I'm not going to give them to you. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop! Little Big Planet 2 trailer is the rare, drool-worthy kind. It's not so often the video game trailers hit me with the school kid like must-play-now stupor, which is why I don't post many here, but the debut trailer for Little Big Planet 2 is the exception. Maybe because it has something to do with the music. Passion Pit's Sleepyhead, Shazam informs me, but it's probably because of Sony's grand promise of creating entire games within Little Big Planet 2's level creator. The game will be out for PlayStation 3 in winter of 2010. Hitting the stumble upon button again. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop! Poetic alphabet for adults. A is for Amy, who fell down the stairs. B is for Basil, assaulted by bears. C is for Clara, who wasted away. D is for Desmond, thrown out of a sleigh. E is for Ernest, who choked on a peach. F is for Fanny, sucked dry by a leech. G is for George, smothered under a rug. H is for Hector, done in by a thug. I is for Ida, who drowned in a lake. J is for James, who took lie by mistake. K is for Kate, who was struck with an axe. L is for Leo, who swallowed some tacks. M is for Maud, who's swept out to sea. And as for Neville, who died of ennui. O is for Olive, run through with an awl. P is for Prue's, trample flat in a brawl. Q is for Quentin, who sank in a mire. R is for Rhoda, consumed by a fire. S is for Susan, who perished of fits. T is for Titus, who flew into bits. Oh, page two. U is for Una, who slipped down a drain. V is for Victor, squashed under a train. W is for Winnie, who embedded in ice. X is for Xerxes, devoured by mice. Y is for Yorick, whose head was knocked in. Z is for Zillin, who drank too much gin. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop! Recipe and instructions for banana ice cream sandwiches. Ingredients, one cup oat groats, or one and one-half cups of oat, oat flour. One-half cup raw cacao powder. 200 grams of dates. Three tablespoons of coconut butter. Two tablespoons of agave syrup. One tablespoon water. The filling is made from six frozen bananas and one vanilla bean scraped. There are instructions here on how to assemble these things, and I'm not going to read them to you. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. We have one of these silly demotivational poster sites. 
where people have photoshopped animals and well-known stars into Star Wars posters. Some of them, such as Rush Limbaugh as Jabba the Hutt or an orangutan as Jabba the Hutt, are just plain disturbing. Especially the number of Star Wars costumes I've seen in the last couple of days. I vote, though, the Hoff as Han Solo with Gary Coleman uh, taking whose place there? Princess Leia's place. Um... No, Luke's place is pretty freaking epic. Yeah, Han Hasselhoff and uh, Gary Skywalker. Mm-hmm. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop! We have a picture of a box of cereal on the shelf called Banco's Revenge in a Dish, best served with milk. Eat the rich, and it has all the logos of all the lovely financial institutions that are causing so much pain and suffering around the world in the last couple of years, such as AIG, Citibank, oh, I can't recognize, Chase Manhattan... Yeah, so someone actually made this fake box, snuck it into a grocery store, and took a picture of it on the counter. Bankos. That's awfully close to moneyos, people. Moneyos, moneyos, moneyos. No whammy, no whammy. Stop. Looks like a digital painter's site who has done some of those ultra-realistic, or, nah, these ones are still pretty caricatured, but more realistic than cartoony versions of video game characters, in this case Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, and King Koopa. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, stop! A Pokemon Evolution BuzzFeed page where they show all the... <laughs> two very old stick figure versions of the Pokemon models and then th- and then one highly painted, very realistic version of their ultimate evolution. Clever and cute. Sixteen things I've learned from movies and TV. Number one, doctors have to be wearing a stethoscope, unless they're the main or recurring character, to let the audience know that they are doctors. Because just saying they're doctors is not good enough. Number two, anytime a character is getting groceries, it has to be a plain brown paper bag with some type of crusty bread and something leafy sticking out. Crusty bread and green leafy things are a television and movie diet necessity. Number three, in movies and television, it seems to rain a lot at night, as the streets are always wet, even in areas that don't get a lot of rain. Number four, big guys can have hot wives and girlfriends. Chubby women can have lots of issues and cats. Number five, I was told I would have a flying DeLorean by this point in time. This has less to do with what I've learned and more to do with my disappointment. Number six, if you dream without a lot of fog and blurry vision, you are, going, you are doing something wrong. Also, if you do not hear other people speaking with reverberation, your dream hearing needs to be checked. Number seven. The best way to find something is to turn off all the lights and just use a flashlight so you can focus. This works great for finding clues, but so far does not work for finding car keys. 
Number eight, weapons used by cultures far removed from Earth, both in time and in space, tend to utilize styles from late 19th and mid 20th century because all aliens and galactic cultures know they are badass looking. Number nine, people fall in love with their best friends that they grew up with, fall out of love, fall in love, fall for other friends, fall back in love, decide that just being friends is better, or something like that. I always get lost in a show sometimes around season four. Number ten, Guns never run out of ammo, ever, unless the story calls for it. Number 11. If you see a guy on cops without a shirt, he's about to be arrested or is already cuffed. Number 12. Investigating possible hostile situations that would best be done by a group of reconnaissance specialists? Send your most senior officers as long as you have one or two expendables, because hostile aliens, beasts, robots, wayward exploding bombs, natural disasters, and diseases know exactly who to kill. Number 13. If you're a superhero villain, it's important to be a drama queen, otherwise you won't be taken seriously. Number 14. Cars can easily make 20 to 30 foot jumps by using just mounds of dirt or cheap wooden planks. When they land, the car sustains no damage at all. Number 15. Smart-ass kids on television are funny. Smart-ass kids in real life, not so much. And number 16. If you need to jump out of a building, always aim for a nice soft dumpster full of trash. There will never be broken glass, sharp jagged metal, wooden spikes, junkie needles, or disease-ridden animals. A dumpster is always filled with garbage bags full of foam or used clothes. The application I'm using is called StumbleUpon. It's www.stumbleupon.com. It's a neat little app where you feed it general guidelines as to what your interests are and smack the button and it takes you to random sites that allegedly fit into those parameters. Um, it's also known as one of the most evil things ever because it just encourages you to sit in front of your computer and smack the StumbleUpon button until something interesting comes up on the screen, which can usually lead to insomnia, loss of friends, loved ones, and family income, um, anal leakage, and uh, torsion elbow. Hitting the button again. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Another recipe, spinach and ricotta cannelloni. Ah, yes. No ingredients list? How exactly does the... Oh. A very poorly formatted page. Three tablespoons olive oil, eight garlic cloves, crushed, three tablespoons castor sugar, two tablespoons red wine vinegar, four times 400 gram cans of chopped chopped tomatoes, small bunch of basil leaves, two times 250 gram tubs of mascarpone cheese, three tablespoons milk, 85 grams parmesan, two times 125 gram balls of mozzarella, sliced. There are instructions here on how to assemble this dish, and I'm not going to read them to you. No whammy, stop! And HP buys Palm for $1.2 billion. HP said on Wednesday that it had entered into an agreement to purchase Palm for $1.2 billion American. In a press release issued by HP, the company said the acquisition would allow HP to participate more aggressively in the fast-growing, highly profitable smartphone and connected mobile device markets. HP plans to take advantage of the OS by using multitasking features and always up-to-date information sharing across applications. What this says is... HP's operating system on portable devices has sucked, and Palm's hardware has sucked, so maybe, between the two of them, they can come up with a tablet to compete with the iPad that doesn't suck. Film 
at 11. Hitting the button again. Uh, that's a wall of text that is probably terribly uninteresting to any of you. That was a whammy. Moving on. News report from the Associated Press, which you've probably already all heard. Dennis Hopper, Hollywood hero and anti-hero, dies. And that's probably why he died, because he was both hero and anti-hero, and they collided, canceled each other out in a flash of energy, taking out a small Midwestern town. Hitting the button again. And this one had a lot of scripts on it that my no script add-on has killed. Lovely. Here's a here's a page that is entirely in kanji with pictures of a very strange person doing unrecognizable things. Oh, you crazy Asians. Moving on. PC World article, Why I Switched from iPhone to Android. I have loved using an Apple iPhone for the last three years, but last week I kicked it to the curb. Here's why. Last week I joined what must be millions of other technology nerds, if my Twitter and Facebook friends are any indication, in getting rid of my iPhone 3G in favor of an Android-based phone. Why on earth would I do such a thing? Aren't iPhones basically the best smartphones on the market? Increasingly, I'm not so sure that that's the case. Besides, it's not simply about the overall phone quality. The reasons I switched closely mirror those of David Lyons, outlined in this piece in Newsweek, Here's the breakdown of the reasons I jumped ship and why I think many former loyal iPhone users might be jumping ship too. And he goes on to list all the obvious stuff. You can only get them on the AT&T network, which sucks. Apple's App Store policies, which suck. Apple refuses to support Flash in its browser. Fine, but I prefer to browse the entire web. Which brings me to Froyo, Google's cute name for Android 2.2, which I forced loaded onto my uh, Nexus 1 a couple days ago, and holy crap, it is the second coming. Uh, very fast, great new developer features, integrated, honest-to-goodness, Flash 10.1 without compromises, tethering, and more. Uh, I used to feel that. To get my best smartphone and stuff, I hardware experience, I had to live in Apple's walled garden. Now the walls are getting higher, and life outside garden looks better and better. Could not have summed it up better, which is why I didn't... I just skipped over the whole buying an iPhone and switching away thing and just waited for a, an Android phone to fall on my lap. Hitting the button again. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, a blank page. Ah, here we go. Computer cleaning is so easy, with a picture of someone taking a hose to the inside of their PC case. With the uh, caption, now just add some soap. Yeah. Not so much. Smacking the stumble upon button. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop a funny junk webcomic. Child, it's your birthday tomorrow. You know what that means, right? Oh boy! Tonight you get a visit from the birthday skeleton. The what? Several frames of the birthday skeleton creeping up on the child in its bed, in the dark, rather grim, and its lines are as follows. Hello, small human. What material wealth do you wish for? Uh, an Xbox? This contract is sealed. And then the head 
slowly falls out of sight. Okay, that was really creepy. Uh, hitting the button again, and I hate you, stumble upon. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. Uh, just someone's flicker feed. Why did that get in my stumble upon? I don't know. NetAction's Guide to Using Encryption Software? <laughs> I'd rather put out dead air. <laughs> okay. This is a pretty good one. Waldo really wants to try Foursquare. A picture of Waldo from where is Waldo holding his uh, handheld PC with Foursquare saying, saying, Sorry, we cannot locate you. And Waldo's line is, Fuuuuh! And we just cut it off there. Which brings us up to our next break. My God. Was that half an hour of Stumble Upon Roulette? No. Black Void. How was Stumble Upon Roulette? Is this something we should incorporate into shows in the future? Uh, or was it just a poor excuse uh, for me coming up with content when, in fact, I suck? And I'm just going to preempt you all and say, you're right. I suck. So, here's a couple songs from Anna Braca. I have All I Need and You Know. I'm going to go check on that frickin' noise again, and I'll be right back. You are listening to Rantathon 2010, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Be right back. By the lonely one Can't explain it I'm the only one In the There's nothing more Broke this in and out Sitting underneath the door Yeah. 
Hey, wait. I'm having one of those things. You know, a headache with pictures. An idea? I reject your reality and substitute my own. I'm no doctor, but that sounds painful. Yeah, 
Man Marathon 2010 continues live on Versus the World Radio. I am Gnomewise. You are the world, and I am the only one remaining versus you, which I think at this point means that you guys win. <sighs> I just barely made it back to the mic there after fetching myself a lovely frosty <coughs> margarita. And I'm going to take a little on-air sip here. Excuse me. Limey. So, let's take a look at the email box here. If you wish to participate in this live show, you may send your email to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. From Zymery. Duct tape. Great invention or the greatest invention? Duct tape is like the force. It has a light side and a dark side, and it holds the entire universe together. Though, I don't actually use duct tape. Um, I'm a bit of a snob. I use gaffer's tape, which is the uh, black, flat black backed version of it. It's still a cloth tape with the same kind of adhesive. Uh, just having worked backstage for a number of years uh, in university, got used to using gaffer's tape, and it's just my my tape of choice, and it truly is. It has a black side and a white side, so it is definitely the you know, the force equivalent version of the tape. Uh, so I'd say the greatest invention. Hell, you can even use it for birth control. And I'll just leave that to you guys to figure it out. From Bratz. Gnomewise, do you feel that Blizzard is going to be heading towards a subscription-based service with the new Battle.net version 2.0? The ominous game time left message when logging into the beta have a very unsettling feeling in the pit of my stomach. No land functionality and a possible sub-base service for v 2 slash discuss. They've already announced that in certain parts of the world that StarCraft II will be sold as a subscription service as an option. Some areas of Latin America and Russia where that way of using software is popular, uh, they're attempting to offer that as, a, as an option. They can still buy the game or they can subscribe to the game. So I'm going to say that that's an artifact of them preparing for the arrival of those parts of the world. I don't think it's any kind of ominous foretelling that they, everything's going to switch to uh, subscription-based. I think it's just to take care of those portions of the world where that method of using games is popular. Uh, Mecca, the email, which I just mentioned a moment ago, was the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. So, Bratz, I would uh, you know, rest your weary head and not worry over much about it. Here's an email titled, Ranting Casually. I should probably sit back in my chair, then, if I'm going to be ranting casually. Hi, I'm Numbwise, and when I rant, and I don't always rant... I do so casually, and I drink tequila on the air. <laughs> Them's good eats, people. Seeing as I heard a mention of you having lived in the western New York area at one point in the mists of time, I have a query for you. If you could have a consistent supply of either Johnny Ryan soda, flavor of your choosing, or Crystal Beach Loganberry, which would be your choice? That from Night Mommy. Well, you see, I have a cheat. Living here in the Phoenix area, there's a weird confluence of events where Ted's 
charcoal broiled hot dogs exists in two places in the universe. They exist in western New York, and there's one branch right here in Tempe, Arizona. I can go into my Ted's Hot Dogs, get my fix of Salem's Hot Dogs with Weber's Horseradish Mustard, and I can get Loganberry whenever the hell I want it. So I already have a consistent supply of Loganberry, which for those of you great unwashed and uninitiated is a flavor not found in, in nature. There is no such thing as a Loganberry. It is a completely manufactured drink flavor uh, that is very near and dear to the hearts of all Western New Yorkers. Uh, so I regularly uh, visit Ted's Hot Dogs here and get my fix of really freaking awesome uh, charcoal rolled hot dogs uh, with horse- horseradish mustard and uh, a big honkin' Loganberry. So I would go for the Johnny Ryan soda because and, and cherry because that's something I can't get here. Uh, the other major thing I can't get west of the Mississippi that I desperately wish I could is uh, Yingling beer, which my brother, who brothers who live in Baltimore, introduced me to. Uh, Yingling lager is oh, much yummy, and it's it's probably a good thing I can't get it west of the Mississippi because if I could, I would probably be an alcoholic. So that being said, I'm going to take another sip of my uh, margarita here. Ah, thank you very much. So, thank you for that one night, Mommy. So, yes, Loganberry is very important to uh, the health of my soul. Um, Evil McBad Guy, I hate you. And if I ever meet you, I will stab you in the face because you can get Yingling. And, yes, Dead John, Rantathon in its purest form. Because this is a mere pale shadow of the true Rantathon, which is an ensemble cast, and, and, you know, me trying to solo, it's it's like watching Fly's mate. Um, just not nearly as interesting. And yeah, poor Octail, I think he was kind of doomed to failure because he's going through the corrective braces things as an adult, and it is just... You know, he sacrificed his health for you guys today to do Rantathon and now has ground beef instead of an inner lining to his cheeks. So we all owe him in a big way. And Doc Dad had a air quotes photo shoot that he needed to get to. And we all know what that means. Because when we say photo shoot, we mean pedophilia. Anyway, let's check another email here. Wow, wall of text. All right, this one is entitled Life Improvements and he brings it up with the you don't have to read this out on the air as it's just me telling you how awesome you are but feel free to if you just need to fill time how awesome I am why thank you very much I, I'm not awesome but I play one on TV this thing's all about tangents, and people keep on sending in random things like breast augmentation and other random things. I want to throw something that's, that means a lot to me. I started off listening to Casually Hardcore at some random show to listen to before I go to work on Sundays. My work schedule shifted later, and I was able to listen to Octail and Hordak versus the World, immediately following you guys back on WoW Radio. I thoroughly enjoyed hearing about the game I played 
most from the two different sides of the spectrum. As I'd lost interest in the game while radio dissolved and everyone spread off to their own side projects and things, but thankfully, my favorite combination of shows stayed together in the form of VTW Productions. You've been providing great entertainment, but you've also done something great for my offline life. You made mention of TED, and I have never heard of it before, so I looked up and started listening to some of the talks on that site. It's really helped me find ways to be happy now uh, where I had been previously depressed. And it links to a uh, TED talk about how to hardwire your brain to be happy. And I have watched this video and I recommend it to anyone. And I'm actually going to link it in the IRC. Uh, if you want to go to TED.com and just uh, search for the string your hardwired happiness and you will find this uh, TED talk it's also helped me expand my brain a bit and learn about concepts and things that I was not previously interested in then you went on to the Phoenix Comic Con and I met prior to the awesome hour with Will Wheaton I had never heard of him as I listened I became entranced with what he was saying thinking about games he'd played before and felt like this guy was really an awesome guy to follow and he links to the uh, front page of vtwproductions.com where the Will Wheaton Presents the Awesome Hour from two days ago is presented for all of you to enjoy for free. And now we're talking about watching a television series. I really don't know that I can keep it up, gnome. Keep being awesome. That from Sicketh, Wormless Accord US. P.S. Sorry about the random in-game tell. I just couldn't resist. I found Death Gnome's name by doing slash who, Death Knight 74 to 76, and found that you were in that level range. Very clever of you. Uh, thank you for that email. You make me feel very warm and fuzzy. Uh, the reason we do these podcasts is to entertain and inform. And if one time a year we can have a positive effect on someone's life, then the entire endeavor is worth it. So thank you for that email. For those of you who don't know about TED, go to TED.com. Uh... It is Technology Entertainment Design. It's a very long and interesting history you can read about it on the site, but what it boils down to today for its web presence is interesting talks from remarkable people free for the world. And there are talks on, oh my God, every topic imaginable that is turned into a convention that happens every year, and they invite the most remarkable people they can find to talk about whatever they are passionate about, and my loving wife is now home. So let's see if we can get her to say hello before she staggers to bed after her shoes and booze loveliness. Uh, prepare for dead air. Hey there, Ben. I'm continuing the rantathon here. I'm continuing rantathon. I'm on the air right now. Come say hi to the uh, listeners before you go to bed. How is your shoes and booze? <laughs> there were no shoes, ladies and gentlemen, merely dinner and booze. And she didn't have to drive, and she's no longer pregnant, so I bet you she had a really, really good time. Yes, Vespir, a wild eyelate has appeared. And there's my lovely wife. Oh, oh you're actually on the radio. I'm actually on the air right now, oh, okay. doing kind of a makeup show for a missed show and continuing marathon where the weak and feeble Octail and Hordak left off. Say hi. Hey, how long did uh, Octail and Hordak go for? Uh, they made it to, what, nine hours, nine and a half? Uh, Black Void, tell me what you have to say about that in about 40 seconds. And where did you guys go for your uh, food and booze, as it turns out? Oh, we ended up just at Cheesecake Factory, which, by the way, they just rape you for apple martinis. Oh, really? Oh, God. 
freaking sucks. Um, yeah, everyone says hello. And thank you very much for letting me come out and play. I love you, pretty. You mm. let me go out and play for two days straight. Mm. Yeah, remind me that going to Comic Con not nearly as much fun by myself. We have an infant that we can't take in public. We were kind of restricted. I know. So well, I just did. Have made a very cheap and weak uh, margarita. Oh, a weak margarita. There's two bottles of tequila in there. Yeah, but I want to remain coherent for the online audience, so I don't uh, descend to hey, 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 oh, hey. Well, I am funny, listen to me. And there's also infant care involved. Y- so. You think? Yeah, the uh, listeners have already been informed that when Squeaker makes some uh, loud noises, that they will be uh, treated to listening to one of the recorded segments from Comic Con for about forty minutes while I go and feed the child. Yeah, and speaking of, I should probably get into sleep mode really quick because I have the late shift in terms of infant care. Yeah, I thought this would be an interesting way to fill in the time while I stay up and feed the child for the next two feedings and then turn it over to you and collapse in a heap. So, um, someone's blowing their rape horn. Oh, because of the raping over the martinis, I understand. Oh, and, uh, yeah, we, we, um, we were girls out, so we talked about sex a lot. I love you so damn much. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the, uh, secret to a stable marriage is, uh... Unfortunately for all the rest of you, marrying her, I got mine. No, I will not be cloning you, because I got you and I'm keeping you. So anyway, there we were, continuing the rantathon into the wee hours, only breaking to feed the infant. <sighs> yes, being coherent is in fact for the weak, Mecca, you are correct. All right, let's check another email from the email box at the show at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. From Boba Fetish, member of Carpet Sharks and Ice Cream US Alliance side. Hey, Gnome, question for you. Well, two questions. If there was one show you could have back on the air to watch, which would you want back on? And if there was one show you could nuke out of existence, which one would it be? I would nuke an entire genre of television, that genre known as as reality television, which takes vital dollars and airtime away from good writing and drama. Mm. Nuke 19 kids and counting, please. That's reality television. It is included in my umbrella nuke. And as far as what show I would want back on the air, oh God, uh, let me count the list. But, I mean, the knee-jerk reaction is Firefly. Mm. What show do you want back on the air? Farscape. Really? You would take Farscape over Firefly? No, I'm going to take both of them. Thanks very much. Ah, I see. That, that That's not how the question is framed, though. Yeah, well, see, but I win. So, there we go. I'll take yours and mine. <laughs> you get one choice, I get one choice, therefore I get them both. You have the breasts, therefore you win. <laughs> oh, now that's just mean. That's just how the world works, ladies and gentlemen, and all of you know it. But anyway. Oh... Uh... Um, if not Firefly, then I would go for a continuation of the season one, but updated to modern standards of Space 1999. Yes, I'm that old. All you kids in the IRC and listening to the podcast, go and look up Space 1999 season one, not season two. From Zymri in the Black Void, there was probably a lingerie pillow fight in the Cheesecake Factory. Thank you for that mental image. Now I'm going to be really distracted for the rest of this podcast. You all suck, and I hate you. I'm going to punch you in the face with knives. So there was this guy this morning in the uh, Arizona Browncoats meeting. 
um, which I was an organization I'm thinking about joining. And uh, he was sitting there talking about Felicia Day dancing on stage last night. Apparently. I wasn't there for that, but I heard, I heard stories. And, and his comment was, I was so glad I was sitting down for that. And I immediately started laughing. <laughs> Why? Because he didn't want to like, display his spontaneous wood? Exactly. Ah! <laughs> That's exactly what he was implying. Nerd wood for the win. It is a rare and wonderful thing. All nerds should breed. You would trade Doctor Who for Scar- Farscape? See, that's a hard choice because the new Doctor Who has been pretty damn good. Hey, I love you, babe. I love you. Sleep tight. Enjoy your uh, alcohol-fueled haze. Oof. Take Tylenol. I love her so damn much. It's not funny, people. Okay, moving on to the next email. From Bohemia Alliance side Etrig US. Things to rail and wail about. Guild leaders to become absentee landlords, then pitch a fit when people do things to get the guild back in working order. <laughs> if you listen to a recent episode of Casually Hardcore, where we bitched about that very thing, where I accidentally got assigned the guildmaster tag, which generated an email to the absentee landlord uh, guildmaster, who's also a friend of mine, uh, who immediately got him to reactivate his account hop online and cry at me about why uh, why did you steal my guild uh yeah I'm tempted to start my own guild and be the GM just to which is something I violently do not want to do just to never have to go through that again yeah if a guild shakeup does happen come cataclysm will the resultant guild still be largely f- uh, friends and family only uh, yes, because that is the only way I have known to successfully exist within a guild. Because generally speaking, that most recent piece of drama notwithstanding, we've been more or less drama-free throughout the existence of our very small, very non-aggressive and non-ambitious guild. Um, I, I had a, an extraordinarily negative experience with a guild in EverQuest that just you know dissolved and annihilated friendships and caused all kinds of strife, and I just never want to go there again. This is why I am allergic to drama. So, and I had some experiences with me when the, sh- when the Casual Hero Show was new, with people managing to get invited into the guild simply because they wanted to play with those guys from Casually Hardcore, basically causing issues. And... Some of those who came in remain my friends and are still in the guild, but the the cost was not worth the gain. The cost of the annoyance and the, hey, this is your fault that these people are here in our guild, despite the fact that I didn't invite them. Um, it's just, I'm so allergic to drama and so hate having that crap infect my leisure time that any guild I have anything to do with will remain. I've got to know you or there has to be some external relationship before you are invited into the guild. If that makes me sound like an elitist prick, I'm sorry. But if I have to be an elitist prick to enjoy my limited game time when I get those those, those wonderful gems and moments where I get to play for an extended period of time, then I, for the love of God, am going to be an elitist prick. I'm sorry if that dashes any of your intentions. I just have to look out for me and my own sanity when my one outlet is hopping into WoW and hanging out with people that I love. So, 
Sorry, Ooh, I hear Squeaker in the background, so... Be afraid. Be very afraid. You may soon be listening to Will Wheaton, which, all in all, is not that bad of a fate when you look at it. So, yeah, the difficulties I've had with avoiding drama make me hypersensitive to it and really suspicious of anyone who says, oh, I want to join your guild, uh, because I've been there, done that, and gotten shot in the face with a 12-gauge uh, and got no t-shirt, so... Uh, I will always be an ass about that. I am sorry. Next email. Oh, the word not again. Uh-oh. And you've just run out of Diet Pepsi. Why didn't say the whole random site thing is almost as bad as TV tropes? If you haven't already been there, then let me tell you, you're going to the site will will trap you, and it will be very hard to escape. So stumble upon TV tropes, both things to avoid on the amazing interwebs. Okay, so... I am hearing the telltale signs of Arch Nemesis waking up and being prepared for a change and a big bottle of food. So I am going to queue up for you guys. Will Wheaton presents The Awesome Hour. This was from Friday night at Phoenix Comic Con. Um, it is universally awesome and made of win, so you should listen to it and enjoy. And then I will return... After that, for more Rantathon 2010, once the child is bundled and put back down until the next feeding, which I need to stay awake for, which means more Rantathon for all of you. Um, Mecha, it's 12 gauge, but it was loaded with deer shot, so not so much as a noob gun, as a small entry wound, large exit wound, but I digress. So, coming at you live... <laughs> Live via recording from Comic-Con 2010 in Phoenix, Arizona on Friday night, Will Wheaton presents The Awesome Hour. We'll be back right after Abyss. The following is a production of Casually Hardcore and Versus the World Productions. www.vtwproductions.com Thank you. Thank you. I just found out that the, uh, our time together today is uh, going to be put onto the internet live. So say hello to the internet. Now you know what it's like to be me. Uh, <laughs> the internet does not ever give you your innocence back. <laughs> Once it takes it, it keeps it forever. Um, I would, uh, before I get started, my uh, performance today is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike License. If you decide to do something, if you get excited and make something with it, I would love to know about it. Um, if you don't know what any of the stuff I just talked about meant, uh, just find the nearest nerd and, uh, and, and they'll help you out. I'm going to tell you two stories today, uh, but before I, uh, I, I tell you those two stories, I'm going to tell you a story. My life has gotten really weird in the last about 12 months, I guess. Um, after coming to define myself as someone who was really struggling to be a working actor, I suddenly became a working actor. And the amount of time that I spent as a writer 
and the amount of time that I spent as an actor have kind of inverted. And I am behind on all my writing projects. I was going through my blog trying to find an amusing story to read, and I was like, oh, YouTube video, YouTube video, conversation with the dog, YouTube video. There's nothing that I can do because I've been really busy. And most of the projects that I've been working on are things that um, are secret, that I can't really talk about. So I've had this sort of um, emptiness of uh, material that I've been able to, uh, to create. Um, there's this weird thing that happens when, when you're a working actor. Um, you have these development meetings. And, um, and by you, I mean me. I have these development meetings. So I, I have been asked uh, frequently in, in about the last year to go to tall glass buildings to sit in offices and have meetings with people who are interested in developing programming specifically to include me in it. It's the weirdest thing in the world. And it's, you don't have to, I thank you, but that's not why I'm, I'm, that's not why I said that. It's just, it's just weird, you know, because I had gotten so used to this experience as an actor of working really hard to prepare like this much material and then going in and finding out we're really only going to read this much material today and we're not interested in you actually being here. So, about 10 months ago, I had a development meeting, and it was awesome. Like this, uh, a network said, "We listen. We really want to talk to you about about doing a show with us." And I said, "Okay, that sounds awesome." And I went down to their tall glass building, and I had a meeting that I expected would last about 20 minutes. It went closer to 90 minutes because it was an enthusiastic, wonderful meeting. And when the meeting was over, the the person I met with said, "Now listen." Uh, it's, this is a really early stage kind of meeting. It's going to be a very long time before you hear anything from us. I mean, it, it, it's probably going to be like six or maybe eight months. So there's this thing that happens in the entertainment industry. It happens all the time. Uh, you have a meeting. And by you, I mean me. I have a meeting. I have an audition. I, I, I get a call that says, uh, we want you to come in and read for this part. I prepare things. And then... Generally, as I'm on my way out the door, I get another phone call that says, actually, we've changed the role. You don't need to come in now. Uh, and this just happened to me recently. A friend of mine is directing a TV show, and he uh, asked for me to, to send some tape because he wanted to cast me in this particular role. And uh, I, was, I said, well, that, that's great. I would love to do that. So I did all of the things. And um, about five days after uh, I sent in the material, he uh, texted me and he said, yeah, so they've actually changed the character. It, it's sort of, now the character's kind of like a short, bald guy with um, mommy issues. <laughs> and I replied back, well, I can, I can totally be that, you know, I can, well, thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> so what happens frequently is uh, it has nothing to do Getting a job has very little to do with, with me as an actor, and it has to do with all, these other, uh, all of these other circumstances. So I, I, got, a, uh, I got actually got an email from, from my manager, which is weird because I've been doing this long enough to remember when we talked on the phone for things. I was just talking uh, backstage. Have you ever been doing something on your phone, you know, playing a game or reading Twitter, and it rings and just scares you? Like, what the hell is that? So uh, I, 
I got this email from my manager, and he said, so I just wanted to let you know, I talked to this person at the network, and they love you. They think, they, they are, they think you're fantastic, and um, uh, they really want to find something to do with you, but it's not going to be this particular show, because they've decided to go a different way. And, uh, and I said, oh, all right. Um, do we know which way they decided to go? And he said, yes, they've actually decided uh, to develop this show for Tori Spelling. And I, I just emailed back, WTF? <laughs> and then the phone rang. And it was my manager. And he said, are you, are you, are you upset? You know? And I said, well, I'm upset for television. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you a story. I used to write a weekly column for the LA Weekly, our uh, local alternative paper in Los Angeles. And at the same time that I was writing a column for the LA Weekly, I was also um, a columnist for the Suicide Girls Newswire uh, on the internet. And um, one week, two things happened that overlapped. And I, I decided that I would turn these two things into two separate columns that were connected to one another. Uh, one I wrote for my column at the LA Daily at LA Weekly, and the other one I wrote for my, uh, for my column at Suicide Girls. Um, and these are, they're, they're not from any books or anything. They're just stories that I, that I like. And I wanted to do something different today that I haven't done before because um, I'm starting to feel like I'm just going to concerts and playing Freebird and not really playing any of the other songs. So, <laughs> um, so this is either going to be cool because you've, never get, because you've never heard it before or it's going to be like when you go to see that band that you like and they go, all right, now we're going to play some of our new stuff. <laughs> Come on, Boston. We don't want to hear the new stuff. So uh, this, is, this is a story, um, these are two stories uh, about the Atari 2600. The first one is titled, Have You Played Atari Today? About 12 years ago, my wife and I pulled her original Atari 2600 out of storage and hooked it up to our television. We set it on the floor next to my Sega Genesis. So now everyone has a classic gaming reference that they can relate to. And we showed it to our kids. What's that? One of them asked. This is how we started playing video games at home when we were kids, I said. Yeah, your uncle and I got this for Christmas in 1977, my wife said. Man, you guys are old, said our son Nolan, who was five at the time. We are totally old, I said, not knowing that 10 years later he and I would have to stop playing Frisbee in front of our house because I had hurt my old <laughs> when I tripped over the curb trying to catch up with one of his more powerful throws. We all looked at it together. Once shiny silver switches jutted from the top of a sleek black body that was wrapped in faux wood grain. Faux wood grain was uh, everywhere in the 70s. Faux wood grain and airbrushing. Black rubber cords snaked around it, ending in the iconic joystick controllers that are woven tightly into the fabric of my youth. A cardboard box, its edges revealing the passage of time as clearly as its contents, sat on the floor beside it. 
Inside, 20 game cartridges waited. Keys to a time machine. Combat. Pitfall. Yar's Revenge. Space Invaders. Centipede. Missile Command. Cosmic Arc. Not a lot of people remember Cosmic Arc. It's okay. I should probably rewrite this so I don't end with that one. <laughs> I put what? I, I, okay. I pulled combat out of the box. Blew into it. Gently pressed it into the appropriate slot, just like I had hundreds, possibly thousands of times between 1979 and 1985. I felt a surge of excitement well up inside of me as I turned on the television and slid a tiny black switch from TV to game. I should have predicted the response that I got from my kids. They grew up in a world where the Genesis was state-of-the-art, and my original Game Boy was totally lame because it wasn't in color. That's it, Ryan said. He looked at the screen as it cycled through colors that even in the 1970s weren't exactly attractive. I flashed what I hoped was an enigmatic smile at him as I dramatically prepared to blow his seven-year-old mind. I held a joystick in one hand enjoying the familiarity as it settled into the other. I grabbed the game reset switch and gently pulled it down. The familiar sound of tank engines rumbled into life and I was shot through time to the shag-carpeted living room of the house I grew up in, playing against my younger brother on our black-and-white television set. I prepared myself for a trip through the nostalgia wormhole, but before I could get swept away by the wave, I was jarred back into the present by the equally familiar sound of a tank firing its cannon and blasting its opponent. I looked at the screen and saw my tank spinning against the wall. I looked to my right and saw that my son Nolan had picked up one of the controllers and was grinning. Okay, I said. So you push up to, he shot me again. <laughs> While my tank spun around, he began to giggle. Okay, all right, okay, now look, let's give me a chance to, he shot me a third time. Okay, okay, it's on. For the next half hour or so, we blasted each other in all the permutations of tank combat from an empty field with straight shots to my personal favorite, invisible tank pong with maximum walls. We tried airplane combat, but my kids quickly grew tired of that variation just as fast as I did when I was slightly older than they were. When we finished playing combat, we moved on to some of the other games in the box. Without any assistance from me, both of my kids figured out missile command, space invaders, air-sea battle. They even grokked pitfall. In fact, the only game that gave them any real trouble was Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that's a game that I don't think I ever beat when I was a kid, and one of the few Atari 2600 titles which I recall needing the manual to even begin understanding. <laughs> Thankfully for us all, the nearest copy of E.T. was in a landfill somewhere in Arizona. <laughs> where it belonged. 
For the next several weeks, my wife and I noticed that the small video game time budget that we gave the kids was invested almost exclusively into the Atari games, while the -the state-of-the-art Sega Genesis sat unused in a cabinet beneath our television. Why do you think the kids are playing Atari so much? I asked my wife one night after they'd gone to bed. I mean, you know, besides it being awesome. I think the simplicity of the whole thing makes the games more accessible to them, she said. Remember when we were kids how we used our imagination to add details to the games? Remember how easy it was to just start playing and figure it out in just a couple of minutes? I think they're doing the same thing. I agreed with her. The 2600 with its simple 8-direction joystick and 8-bit graphics was easy for our kids, then ages 5 and 7, to pick up and start playing immediately. After a while, it couldn't compete with the console systems their friends had, and they gradually lost interest. We kept the 2600 in the house, though, long enough for me to rack up high scores on Pitfall that I never would have been able to achieve when I was 10. And I'm sad to report that if you take a picture of yourself in front of the screen with your high score and mail it to the address on the manual, it comes back unopened. (laughs) Turns out we can't send mail through time yet. I'm working on it. I lost my place. Uh, (laughs) We kept the 2600 in the house, though, um, long enough for me to rack up. Remember when I said that? Um, High scores on Pitfall. Remember when we did that? Remember that? Wasn't that great? Yeah, good. Okay. Um, And and long enough for for my wife, Anne, to eliminate any doubts about her ability to utterly destroy anyone who is foolish enough to challenge her in air-sea battle. Eventually, we put the Atari 2600 back into the garage, where it remains to this day, on a shelf next to an Atari 800 and a TI-99-4A. I keep them, because understanding our past is fundamental to understanding our... Who am I kidding? I kept them because I love them, and that is all the reason I need. So that was published on, uh, on the LA Weekly's uh, site. And... Um, uh, uh, Parenthetically, we pulled that Atari 2600 out of the garage for my wife's 40th birthday party uh, last August. Um, We were having an 80s-themed party. If you look at my Flickr stream, you can see a picture of the two of us um, in front of this great uh, 80s backdrop that Anne made out of construction paper, and and, uh, it it looks kind of, it's very Nagel-esque. And uh, uh, I, I went to this costume party as um, uh, one of the um, Tri-Lambs from Revenge of the Nerds. It was really a stretch for me to do that. And she went dressed up as uh, Madonna from the Lucky Star video. And there's this picture of the two of us, and it just looks like two people who would never be on a date uh, together ever in the 80s unless there was like a financial transaction involved. So I published that on, on, the, on the LA Daily and then ran this uh, companion piece with it um, over, over at Suicide Girls. Um, uh, the, other, the other piece, which ran like two days later, is called, Yes, as a matter of fact, I have played Atari today. And a little backstory on this. I was uh, supposed to go to a convention up in uh, Michigan called PenguaCon. And one of the things that I was planning to do at this con was play a uh, combat tournament against Sean Powers, who's the editor of Linux Journal. Uh, I got really, really sick uh, like two days before PenguinCon, and my doctor said, you can't fly. Uh, so I wasn't able to go to PenguinCon. A lot of people who attend PenguinCon hate my guts uh, because it's, it's uh, more than once that I've planned to go to this con and uh, was unable to go for one reason or another at really, really close to the last minute. In fact, at this year's PenguinCon, they were uh, handing out either uh, pins or ribbons or something that said, I am not Will Wheaton. 
So, um, in order to prepare for my, uh, my, my tournament with Sean, I got one of those Atari flashbacks, and uh, uh, I went and picked it up from, uh, from, the, uh, from the post office, and uh, that's where we, this story uh, picks up. So, I picked up the Atari uh, flashback from my mailbox, I gently put it into my trunk, and I drove home safely and calmly respecting all traffic laws and my fellow drivers. Once in the house, I unleashed my inner eight-year-old and I tore the box open with reckless abandon. I grabbed the power supply and jammed it into the wall. I connected it to our television and dove into adventure and then dodge them and then Yar's Revenge. I may have thrown some late 70s album rock onto my Sonos to complete the experience. So... It's great that you're having so much fun, my son said from the other side of the room while I was cheering the successful introduction of my Zorlon cannon to the Kotile's bitch face. (laughs) But I'm kind of working on my senior project here. He was a senior in high school when this happened. I toned down my celebration. Sorry. I switched to asteroids, and after clearing two screens, I swear I could feel the chlorine in my lungs... and and on my skin from any given day in the summer of 1982. Hey, do you remember when you guys used to play your mom's 2600, I said. I let one small rock drift across the screen while I racked up points blasting flying saucers. He sighed and turned around in his chair. Sort of, I guess, this is a really important project. (laughs) Uh, Okay, okay, all right, I'm sorry. I'll get out of here. But will, will you play with me when you're done? I, um... I kind of need to practice. He cocked an eyebrow. You need to practice? Playing Atari? What? It's for this thing at the end of the month. I'm playing combat at a convention. You are so weird. I know. So will you play with me? Okay. Our roles thoroughly reversed. He returned to his work, and I went back to my office. A while later, he called out to me, Okay, I'm done. I stood up carefully. I slowly pushed the chair beneath my desk. I walked carefully through the house and did not scare my dog when I nearly tripped over her near the aquarium in the living room. I did not nearly stub my toe on the dining room table, and I was not out of breath and flush with excitement when I finally met Nolan in the family room. Just in case anyone was wondering how that all went down. We turned on the television, and a few minutes later, we faced off in tank pong with maximum walls. It was a furious battle, ending in a 7-7 tie, when my last second shot found its mark. Again, he said. I bumped the reset button and quickly built an 8-3 lead. Nolan never caught up. Two out of three, I said. He made a face that was a combination of amusement and determination. Yes. He built a 10-2 lead almost instantly. I spent more time spinning around than I did actually driving my tank, though I managed to traverse the entirety of the map. I think there's a problem with this game, he said, as the match ended 11-6. It's way too easy to just chain your attacks together and completely own the other player. I think that's part of it, though, I said, starting a new game. You've just got to find a way to keep moving and get in that first shot. He got in the first shot. And the next shot. And the shot after that. 
and the next five shots. I got in a couple of shots of my own, but it wasn't enough. I realized too late that I was probably struggling because I'd forgotten um, to play that song from the end of Karate Kid in my head <laughs> as inspirational music. <laughs> You're the undisputed master of combat, I said when we were done. As your reward, you get to watch me play adventure. I flipped switches and was soon on my way to collect the various items required to complete my quest. What's that? Oh, that? That's my sword, I said, pushing my little box against an arrow-shaped icon. Uh, what do you, what do you use it for? Slaying dragons? I entered a once simple maze of corridors that the passage of time had made as vexing as it was when I was eight. You realize you've gone into that dead end five times, right? <laughs> Shh. This is how we did it back in the 80s. You ran into the same dead end over and over again? Yeah, it was part of Reaganomics. I finally found my way out of the maze, and I approached a castle, anxious to impress Nolan by grabbing the glowing gold chalice within. That's when the dragon showed up. What the hell is that? Well, it's a dragon, of course, I said, holding the joystick out in front of me like I always did, convinced that if I moved it around as I tried to evade the dragon, it would help me escape faster. That's when the dragon ate me. Wait, so you guys did this for fun? Well, there was this, and, and we would occasionally fend off uh, Indian attacks, and we were dinosaurizing our caves, yes. He laughed. Uh, what other games are on this? I showed him Yar's Revenge. This was my favorite Atari 2600 game when I was a kid. I liked this game even more than Pitfall. He looked at me. I liked Pitfall a lot. He continued to look at me. We all liked Pitfall a lot. Okay, so you're, you're this little insect creature called the Yar, I said as the game began. And this guy over here, he's the Kotile. He destroyed your home planet or something, and you've built this Sorlon cannon to extract your titular revenge. I flew around the screen through the neutral zone, chipped away at the Kotile defenses. My Sorlon cannon activated, and I waited to take my shot. From time to time, though, the Kotile turns into a swirl, and the swirl shoots itself at you. That's when the Kotile turned into a swirl, and I blasted it out of the sky. Yes! I looked at him, waiting to bask in his approval. That's it? Well, you get to fly around this cool screen between the levels, too. Oh, and the second level, it has a rotating shield. Watch. He looked at the flashing graphics on the screen and scratched his chin. How many people got seizures from this when you played it? <laughs> I do not know. I bet you I can destroy it three times without dying, he said. Go, I handed him the joystick. Okay, so I shoot it that thing that looks like a distress signal? 
That thing is the cotile. Yes, yes, you shoot at the cotile with your Zorlon cannon because you are exacting... Yeah, right, revenge, I got that. I watched with more pride than I thought possible or revealed to my easily embarrassed teenage son as it took him two minutes to do exactly what he said she'd do. He'd do. He'd do. That's going to make sense in a minute. Does this ever get hard? He asked. That's what she said! He slowly shook his head and handed the joystick back to me. I'm sorry, uh, reflex. Yes, it gets challenging later on. The missile thing moves a lot faster, the swirls fly out a lot faster, and more frequently. But it's pretty much the same two levels over and over again. Uh, the same two awesome levels, yeah. We looked at each other. It came with a comic book. Did I tell you about that? You are so weird. But I'm also kind of awesome, right? Where were you a year ago? <laughs> you were here. You wouldn't fit in my house anyway. Uh, but I'm also kind of awesome, right? He... I feel like Paul and Storm trying to do the captain's wife's lament. <laughs> that, I am going to regret that. <sighs> but... <laughs> but... But I'm also kind of awesome, right? I'm really trying to end this so that we can get to the questions part of our time together, but we can keep we can be stuck in this while loop forever if you want. I'm just trying to hit control C and it's not happening. It came with a comic book. Did I tell you about that? You're so weird, but I'm also kind of awesome, right? We looked at each other. Um, I love video games. I really do. Um, I love the worlds that we create when we play them. Um, I love that, though my kids and I uh, don't have as much in common uh, now as they are becoming adults as we did when they were little, um, that we can still share these things, that we can do these things together. Um, I don't understand some of the games they play. I don't, uh, I don't get the appeal of the run-around no-scope kill in uh, Call of Duty, uh, but apparently that's a very big deal to my son. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of awesome when he comes running into my office to describe to me how he's gone through and run an entire team uh, by, by himself, and I can see like sort of the pride that he, that he takes in that. My, uh, my other son, his older brother, really loves the narrative video games and he and I played Bioshock 2 at about the same rate together. I know, isn't that a great game? And uh, now we're playing Red Dead Redemption at about the same rate together. And it's so cool, you know? Uh, I gave the keynote address at Penny Arcade Expo East in Boston earlier this year. Thank you. Um, I, it, was, it was hard to do that. Um, and I, I talked a lot about video games as narrative storytelling devices and you know we have really different tastes in, in television shows uh, my kids uh, they like Bones and they like House and I just don't I don't um, sorry I know I know you guys love them and that's great I just doesn't do anything I would rather watch Doctor Who and so we don't really have a lot of television that we can kind of have water cooler talk about you know 
but we can do it about video games. And what's great about video games is that each time we play it, especially when it's a narrative game, if we're playing different styles of characters, different things happen in the game. And we have this, this like kind of uh, time-shifted, non-linear shared world that we can both, you know, all three of us can exist in at different times. And it gives us this wonderful thing to have in common. It gives us an excuse to talk to each other. And as I have noticed as a parent of teenagers, one of the most important things we need are excuses to talk to our kids and relate to them and stay involved in their lives at that time where they're kind of like, oh my God, you're my parent, you're so lame. And um, I, I, I make this point every time I get an opportunity to speak in public. Video games matter. Video games are important. And um, video games are, are, are here to stay. And I, I would love it very much if the people who need to find the current satanic panic um, would just sort of like lay off of the video games. Um, because they are, they, they are a very positive and good part of our lives. What a wonderful note to end on there, because video games are indeed, or can be, a very wonderful, positive part of our lives. You are listening to Rantathon 2000 King on Versus the World Radio, www.vtwproductions.com. Oh, the irony of glancing over at the IRC to see Mecca saying, no wise, when are you coming back on? Ah, the joy of the 40-second delay. Yes, uh, the child has been fed, and I found a decent uh, moment to uh, cut out of that uh, segment with Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton can be heard by listening to the podcasts from our Phoenix Comic Con 2010 coverage available on the front page of vtwproductions.com or by subscribing to the Casually Hardcore feed in iTunes or the podcast aggregator of your choice. So yeah, Will Wheaton, Willie Wheaton, say cool whip, cool whip. Yes, indeed. So, here I am, attempting to carry on the banner, or carry the torch of Rantathon 2000 Ken further into the future than God ever intended. I see people in the Black Void here, also known as the IRC, attempting to, quote, win Rantathon. Um, since I'm not officially part of Rantathon, if you outlasted Octel Hordak and Doc Dead, I would say you've won. And if you desperately need to sleep, you should probably sleep. My ego can take these slowly declining numbers of listeners in the channel because you guys have been at it a hell of a long time, and I'm a lot less interesting than Octel Hordak and Doc Dead, and with the added bonus of the red-headed, pale-skinned, hot mistress of giggles. So, if you need to sleep, for the love of God, sleep. Just send all your friends to take your places so that my ego is not crushed by the vanishing numbers in the listening channel. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? One moment, the dog needs to get outside. And egress has been opened for the dog. And we have... Emails. If you wish to send emails in to keep the Rantathon rolling with topic suggestions and questions to be answered, please send your missives to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. We have one here called A Second Opinion. Despite a 
slight mistitle. I want to know your opinion on this matter. I've heard up on Blue, please, but I'd love to hear your take on it. Quote, Do you think Blizzard will learn from Wrath of the Lich King in the way that the normal level 80 dungeons are meant to be blue, low-level gear, and heroics an option for better gear and a challenge? Do you think Blizzard changes these sort of things like making heroics piss poor easy to make people feel better? For example, doing a heroic in Burning Crusade felt like a challenge, uh, but what Wrath of the Lich King might as well give you a bottle of vodka so you pass out for 15 minutes while they plant rewards on you. Bottom line, do you think Blizzard will try to make their players feel better by making previously hard content easier, just by naming it the same with buzzwords, with easier difficulty? Room 25 seemed more hardcore. Sorry if my points are hard to take in. I'm Australian. From Mecca, Jubithos. I'm assuming it's from the Oceania level, or random thing, slash quote. Um... I want to believe that Blizzard will return to the system of actual challenge on things such as heroics. I don't really believe that that's going to happen, sadly. I think they're too far down the road of appealing to the uh, entitled casuals and won't be able to reverse course, especially with the influences of the Activision crowd uh, on them. And that makes me sad. Um, I didn't do a ton of heroics during Burning Crusade. I didn't do a ton of raiding in Burning Crusade, which made the heroics and rating that I did do in Burning Crusade all the more significant an accomplishment. Making heroics in Lich King equivalent to regular runs in BC and basically dumbing down regular runs to below what a regular run was in BC it definitely increased accessibility. I've, you know, seen more of the content. Now it's just kind of a tool. And if their goal was to get more people raiding, it didn't work on me just because my reasons for not raiding had nothing to do with the ease of the content. It more had to do with the ability to commit to several hours at a stretch without having to be pulled away from the keyboard. And I'm a big believer in if you can't commit to be at the keys and participate to the fullest of your ability, you should not do it, which is why I do not raid, generally speaking. And I do not... um, you know, I, I don't do the rating thing, not because I don't want to see the content. I do want to see the content, but I can't give them the 100% that I think the other 9 or 24 members of the team need um, to achieve progression content. So, the dumbing down didn't help me because the problems that I have with being able to see raid content cannot be fixed by Blizzard. And I think they were very foolish to try. I appreciate their efforts on my behalf um, as a casual player, but I am not an entitled casual. I don't feel 
like I've been given the short end of the stick. Oh, oh my. Um, interesting noises from Arch Nemesis. Please stand by. lost her pacifier and therefore crisis ensued so I don't feel at all that uh, I was given the short end of the stick at all and I think Blizzard should not try to fix me and try to give me access to content that I can't do because of my life choices real life greater than wow and making the game easier doesn't change that dynamic Raid content is still more time-consuming than someone with my responsibilities can commit to. And them's the breaks. They haven't lost me as a subscriber. I still play the game. I still play all the non-raid content. I dip my toes in the raiding occasionally. I do lots of heroics. I do lots of world content. And I'm completely content with my game experience. So, Blizzard, if you're listening, I'm good. You can make... Heroics and rating harder, and you won't lose my money. So, Bobby, rest assured, you will get the money owes. Do you feel better now? Very good. Next email entitled Casualthon2010 slash Rantathon2010. Hey, Gnome, a much tired Cathadora here, but still listening to Rantathon from the start until now. You want content? Here you go. Three words, Monster Hunter Try. As Grail has previously mentioned, this game is really fantastic. I kind of wish it was on another platform, as the Wii's shortcomings are very apparent in this game. Excuse me. Simply put, Monster Hunter Try is an old-school game in that it will kick your ass all around the play yard and make no bones about it. This game is as hard and the rewards time, and reward time spent and skill over pretty much anything else. I know a lot of people bought a Wii for the pretty console, for the party console aspect, but I would encourage you to take a look at this game. Should any of the VTW community want to look me up online for some help, I am Kath, C-A-T-H, slash ID code... Foxtrot 7 Yankee Papa Uniform Radio. That's capital Foxtrot number 7 Yankee Papa Underform Uniform. F7YPUR. Also, as a note, this game has dedicated servers, so no Wii console crap made. <laughs> so no Wii, cons- no Wii online crap. Many different people can have the same name so everyone has their own unique hidden ID code. I hope someone understood that. Unfortunately, this is all I can muster for now. I am so tired. But I bet you will break break first, Gnome. <laughs> As a side note, I'm in the workforce now, and it's only a matter of time before I end up at some event Casually Hardcore is at. Be afraid. Be very afraid. P.S. 
Oh, get the classic controller pro for Monster Hunter Try. The Wii Remote sucks as a, and there's a reason Capcom helped develop this controller and the two were bundled. I already have a classic controller for my, uh, Wii virtual console, so I'm good there. And I will take your advice. I will go out to my local GameStop and grab a copy of Monster Hunter Try based on your and Grail's uh, recommendation. Rest control of the Wii away from Nemesis, or just play it after he goes to bed, and let you know how I feel about that. Another <sighs> email here, and you all should be sending your emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. Did you have an email that you sent to Octil and Hordeck that did not get answered? Well, send it to me, and I'll pretend to be them, but much prettier. This email is titled... Indie comics, plus a delicious and topical drink. Hey, no mice, keep rocking the ratathon. This is from Valric. It's close to 7 a.m. here, so please excuse me if this is not entirely coherent. I'm quite getting used to it at this point. I've heard you and your co-host occasionally mention an interest in comic books. The Buffy series has come up a few times. Uh, tangent. If you look at the front page of vtwproductions.com, you'll see my interview with Georges Gianti, the main artist on the Buffy comic. He he. Really great guy. I violently wish I had had, had been able to uh, set up a second interview with him. Perhaps we'll try it over the miracle of the interwebs. Moving back. And Batman, if I remember correctly. I was just wondering, have you ever dug into some indie, or perhaps some, to put it a different way, slice-of-life comics, like Strangers in Paradise, Tangent? A couple of my favorites are would be Local and Box Office Poison. Traditional superhero stories have never really been too much of interest to me, but I find the comic book format works really well with these more intimate person stories. On a side note, ditch the margaritas, and, and in honor of the late great man, have a Gary Coleman. I've seen a number of different versions of this drink, but the way they serve it around here is big scoop of chunky ice, two measures of Morgan's spiced rum, a splash of Coca-Cola, and top of a head of Guinness. Anyway, keep the rant a-rockin', that from Valric. Sadly, I have none of those ingredients here. Um, Iolite and I are preparing to go back on the protein-sparing modified fast diet in the next couple of days. We're actually trying to plow through all of our forbidden and nasty uh, non-diet materials here, including alcohol, which is a major thing you never want to take in while dieting. So there's uh, I have the ice, but I have no spiced rum, I have no Coca-Cola, and I have no Guinness. So that will have to wait for a future broadcast, perhaps next year's Rantathon. Uh, if all goes well, we'll see if I can arrange to be in Denver for next Rantathon and actually continue this in person rather than uh, taking it and resting control of Rantathon from Colorado to Arizona. But we'll see how this is received, and perhaps we'll stick with this model. Mongo only know, Mongo no have new baby, and no understand what life will look like in one year's time. So, shoot me in the head. Thank you, Varric. And, uh-oh. Oh, no, I've run out of email. The listenership has let me down. And I don't want to do another stumble upon roulette because it sucked. And it's 15 minutes until the next break. <sighs> oh no. <laughs> 
shall I do? Black Floyd, help me. But no, I have to wait 40 seconds until the Black Floyd can help me. This is why I don't do solo shows, because I suck it so I may cry. No, maybe not. Okay, looking at the Black Floyd, let's see what they were saying while I was off feeding Arch Nemesis. Hmm. Dragonfire HBB is hoping that crowd control comes back in force in Cataclysm. Me too. I really... In the current iteration of the game, there is no strategy. The... And I'm not sure if that's because they created several tanking classes. Thank you, uh, Mr. Townsend. I just got your email. Um, they created several tanking classes that rely on AoE in the form of paladins and death knights. And dealing with crowd control, you have AoE tanks. And actually, you know, my druid tank with uh, 360 degree swipe is as guilty of breaking crowd control as any. Um... Since they seem to be completely re-engineering stats and classes, there's hope that crowd control may make uh, a re-entry into the game. Izikiti has the Lama song in Latin. Vipa ulit latinum? Um, you need to send that to me. Because, damn. And Orasoma has joined us in the IRC channel. Orasoma. Are you listening, or are you just joining us randomly? And Mecca has sent me a tell. Sent me a tell in IRC. If you didn't see my message, I sent an email. Feel free to talk about it. It's about Bobby Kotick. Uh, so you know it's great. Yes, your email just arrived. And uh, let me check on the interesting noises that Arch Nemesis is currently making, and I'll be right back. So sorry, it was another pacifier emergency, and it was easily dealt with. I'll now take a sip of lovely clear water. <sighs> so Orosoma is listening after five hours of sleep before heading off to work. Well, you'll be able to grab all this on podcast later for future work days, but I'm glad you have tuned in live. And we're just continuing the Rantathon 2010 here. The Arizona branch of Versus the World Radio has taken over the stream when the Colorado branch was weak and feeble. Actually, they weren't because they went for freaking eight and a half hours, so we can't really think they were all that weak. But... <laughs> Sorry, weak, old, and tired. So, from the email, which you should be sending to us now, the show at alphageekradio.com, the show at alphageekradio.com, Hey, this is from earlier. My new name will be Shower Content Guy due to my awful microphone quality content breaks from this morning. So shout out Forced. Dear 
countless heroes of mine while surfing the f my favorite forum site, TeamLiquid.net. Some guy made an interesting compilation of every notable thing Bobby Kotick has done in the last five or so years. And he links to topic. Enough said, let the rant begin. Shout out to all the cool kids from Mecca. Jubathos with no sub anymore. Two months of gaming freedom spent on StarCraft 2. And let's look at this link here. A short history of Activision Blizzard, or how to be net 2.0, or how Beth Bellnet 2.0 came to be. Let us link this in VIRC. And I did that wrong because it's dark in here. There's the link in the IRC. Activision Blizzard merged an $18 billion deal into Activision Blizzard with Activision the dominant partner. They get to appoint Robert A. Kotick, Bobby $6 million, as the new CEO, Chief Executive Officer for the holding company with Vivendi remaining a majority shareholder. Notice that while it might be true that Blizzard gets to remain, quote, independent, end quote, in decisions as to how to make their games or pull together teams, etc., they both now share and have to please the same stakeholders, investors, and have to ultimately answer the same board of directors and corporate management. Ooh, March 6, 08, even though the deal was finally approved and every party was involved... Kotick started dreaming aloud of what he could be done with StarCraft and NewBattle.net. On the Blizzard side, we need to really figure out how things like StarCraft 2 business model for the future, with in-game advertising and sponsorship, which have really not been something that has been moved that has moved the dial for anybody in the video games industry. But we think but we think presents the up tremendous opportunity for the future, said Kotick, according to NextGen. Blizzard has been thinking about how StarCraft, because it was a short session experience, can actually be the model for in-game advertising and sponsorship and tournament play, ladder play for the future. Uh, my initial reaction to that is it is concentrated evil. I really dislike things like product placement and really in-your-face uh, annoying shilling. And if Kotick wants to bring that into my video games, then uh, screw him and the horse he rode in on and what it had for lunch. In television and movies... I understand the challenges that those guys face because technology for television presenters has really eviscerated their ability to make advertising dollars because as a an early adopter of a first-generation TiVo, I haven't watched an advertisement in seven years. So the people who pay them to produce these television shows are unhappy because we are not watching their advertisements that tell us how we should live and what we need to buy in order to be happy. 
So I know where they're coming from with the product placement thing because it's the only way they can get their crap in our face is to have the people who we, quote, revere because of their stardom, end quote, using the item of the day. Um, just watch the Kerman Show for extreme examples of product placement um, and made great fun of. So I understand their desperation to tell us how we should live and what of their stuff we should be buying. At the same time, keep it out of my video games. So, that's just, you know, Bobby revealing his evil yet again. Scrolling down here. Blizzard has established the most successful business in all of video games. It's not like we need to get there to go there and fix something. Blizzard will continue to operate as they have done in the past, fairly independently with fairly in bold tape. They have a top-notch management and development team, and we have a very high degree of confidence that they know how to run the business and a track record to prove it. In addition, they have extraordinarily strong product pipeline with StarCraft, Wrath of the Lich King, and Diablo 3. It's tremendous and would be a big mistake for us to distract them with new ideas. But there are some opportunities we will be exploring, especially relating to their expertise in Asia. If you consider that Guitar Hero is not in Asia yet, and they, and the only way to increase the business there is figuring out ways to work in internet cafes, etc., we hope to benefit from their expertise. Is there a message you want to send the European staff of Activision and Vivendi about their future prospects? Are you planning to reduce... Oh, hang on. Sorry, spilled my water. Luckily it was only water and not only sticky. Yeah, the whole phrase, but there are opportunities we will be exploring, uh, scares me. Well, we've already seen the result of that quote, which is the f in the form of uh, pets for in-game non-combat pets for real money, and most recently, that retarded horse, the Celestial Steed, shiny, shiny mount for real-life money. Uh, I have never, and will never, pay real money for in-game assets. I have a large collection of extremely rare non-combat pets. Uh, and I have paid zero dollars in real-life money for any of them. I went and I farmed them, attended cons to get them, so it, I guess technically you could say I've spent real-life money in the form of attendance to BlizzCon in order to, and as an effect, got mounts and pets and such, but I also got to go to the con, which was actually my primary motivation for spending the money. But spending money purely for a non-combat pet in-game, not going to happen. All of you who bought them, great. If you're happy with them, fantastic. I'm just not one of those people. Um, I enjoyed the challenge of farming rare pets and rare mounts. I still do. Still need my damn Raven mount from Sethic Halls. One day it will be mine. Uh, I just, you won't ever see any of my characters sitting on top of a uh, Celestial Steed. Just not my cup of tea. <sighs> and Valric in the Black Void, yes, I understand why they're doing it. 
and I'm not asking them to stop doing it. They do it because the money is there, and a stupidly large number of people will queue up and plunk down their hard-earned money for an in-game pet that does cute things, and an in-game mount that they feel is, quote, rare, but once they get in-game and see how many thousands of other people on their server have bought the same mount and it's no longer rare, more sort of common as dirt, maybe won't feel as warm as fuzzy about it, but for me, I would rather ride the truly rare mounts. Well, I will prance around Dalaran on my Baron Rivendare's Death Charger, um, on my Brewfest Kodo, and one day, the damn Headless Horses mount will be mine. And it, because simply because everyone around me already has the damn thing, and so when it drops, everyone else will say, well, it's yours, obviously, because we already freaking have it. But I'm not bitter. So anyway, yeah, that's, um, Bobby is a very effective, or appears to be a very effective businessman. And the more business-like our game companies are, the less happy we are as players. Uh, the thing that I think drew a lot of people to Blizzard was the fact that it was real, it was run very obviously by people who also had a tremendous love and joy of video games. And we see an increasing uh, influence of pure business coming into the equation. And I understand that's how the business world works. That's how capitalism works. These are the you know, sociopathic entities that care only about the bottom line and don't care how they increase the bottom line. Stockholders have this unrealistic expectation of ever-increasing percentages and ever-increasing profits instead of steady profits, and people like Bobby flourish in that environment. Um... That's how it works. We're stuck with it. We will eventually move on to the next Blizzard. There will be another young, up-and-coming company formed by people like us, making a product we love. We will migrate there. And the same life cycle will repeat itself, but there will be a wonderful honeymoon period of many years, as it was with Blizzard, where things are great, and we enjoy ourselves, and all is sunshine and laughter, and we'll just move on to the next one. Again. Ack, there is no noise on this late at night. Yes, Muggy, I am online this late night because I picked up the Rantathon ball and ran with it. I'm sorry, old and bent. So, we are up to our next break here. Got a little uh, future music queued up for you. I will go grab some more water and painkiller and check on the arch nemesis. And we will be back right after this. Either that or... Sam Broadcaster could give me a massive file not found error and leave me looking like a complete and utter moron. Uh, let's see here. Standing by. Where the heck did all of my royalty-free music go? Huh? 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 Did one of you in the 
actually steal it? I knew you did. I knew it. I hate you all. You stab me in the face with knives. And I've gone way too far down my list. Okay, there's a song. And let's play it. Who and who? Oh, 
2000 Ken continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. You know, still retired, I get, and later that goes on, now I sound like Barry White. Well, no, I'm far too Caucasian for that. And we have emails, as requested. This one is somebody called Content from James. I know you're in the U.S., but if you've been watching the latest series of Doctor Who with Matt Smith as the Doctor, what are your thoughts on the show? I think at first Smith didn't fit the part all that well, but has grown on me, and the series just keeps getting better and better. I have followed kind of a similar uh, life cycle with Matt Smith. When I first saw pictures of him, and when I still had you know, David Tennant firmly in my mind, and I saw at least photos of Matt Smith, I was like, oh, that's an awfully young actor to uh, ask to take on this mantle. He has been given decent scripts and then some very good scripts to work on, and I think has risen to the occasion. The take that the new writers and actors have on the character, I think, is completely valid and interesting to watch. We have a very, very uh, nerdy and gawky version of the Doctor in Matt Smith, but uh, I see no reason to abandon watching the same way I did during the Colin Baker era, where the acting and writing was phenomenally bad and uninteresting, and the companion was a British woman attempting to play an American, and the accent alone was enough to drive people from the room. So, I'm liking it. Um, I was very pleased to see the resurrection of the Doctor Who franchise. I was saddened that Christopher Eccleston chose to only stay on for one season, because I think his take on the character was very, very good. I was surprised and pleased that David Tennant was such a worthy successor and picked up the torch and carried it so strongly for the next several seasons and now with the change in the guard behind the scenes to Stephen Moffat and company um, I was still pretty happy about that just because Stephen Moffat wrote a lot of the uh, my favorite episodes during the Tennant era so, if you're not watching the new and improved Doctor Who uh, from the BBC, you should be. If you're any kind of fan of speculative fiction and uh, sci-fi television and movies, if you want a good laugh, go back and watch the old Doctor Whos that I grew up on, because by comparison to today's standards, they're laughable, but still really good for their day. And I think Matt Smith, uh, unless he... You know, drops the ball in some fantastically spectacular way in the next little bit here we'll have a long and uh, flourishing term as uh, the Doctor what I'm curious to see is they're coming up on what they had previously stated in the Doctor Who canon as the limit to the number of regenerations that a Time Lord can have which is 12 now through various uh, machinations they've given the Master more than 12 regenerations, so I'm assuming they'll do something similar to that. But there might be some interesting uh, stories to be told when he reaches that 12 regeneration limit and what he has to do to go through to survive that transition past 12. 
But I digress. Yeah, Matt Smith is a doctor. We've gotten just a few episodes of him here over in the U.S. You guys are, I think, four or three or three, four or five episodes ahead of us um, on any given day. We're only up to. Oh, God, what was the last one? I'm old and bent and tired and can't remember the last episode. Our, our next episode is the episode where the TARDIS dies, according to the previews. So, if that gives you any indication of where we are. And so far, I see no reason to delete the season pass from my TiVo. Um, Doctor finds ways around it by leeching life off of others. So, you want to combine vampire mythos with Doctor Who mythos? Keep your twilight out of my Gallifreyan time traveler. Thank you, but no. Let's see... Um, Muggy, those semicolons are there very much on purpose for certain kinds of media players. If yours are not working, I don't know why. Uh, front page is obviously working because all of you are listening. But I digress. Next email from the Versus the World. Or excuse me. Old and senile. The show at alphageekradio.com. Let's see here. I'm getting better. Okay. I'm confused because you put a parenthetical section at the beginning says, don't have to read this first part out on the air. Just something I've thought about as a personal experience when I first heard about the arch-nemesis being born premature. I myself was born premature in 1987. My birth date is February 25th, and I suppose I, I was supposed to be born on May 10th. Uh, wow. I'm now six foot three and have a <laughs> but I have a guy since the uh, at the end of my name stands for happy the HBB at the end of my name stands for happy belly Buddha. I'm getting better at the last part, uh, but for something to talk about you can think about all female gnome guilds in Cataclysm because they know that they now have priest healers. Or what you do for a Klondike bar, if that has not been asked. I'll try and think of more great topics for you and talk about it before until you pass out. Yeah, I'm looking, kind of looking forward to the all-gnome guilds that are likely to spring up with Cataclysm because they're finally giving gnomes a healing class. Um, all-female gnome guilds, even better, because as we all know, kids, and say it with me, and I know you want to, gnome chicks are hot. Oh, yeah. Barry White saved my life. Let's see, let's do some drop-ins here that go along with that, but is there an appropriate drop-in here for gnome chicks are hot? Don't kid yourself there. You're a bit of a pussy. No offense. No, not so much. Gnome chicks are hot. totally works. Uh, you will agree that gnome chicks are hot. That also works. And let's look for one more here. Let's see. No, 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 no. And I'm a gunling completely different. 
mountain chicks are hot. No, that doesn't work. I tell you, I should have given up a two. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. That'll do. That'll do, pig. Uh, all gnome guilds are an absolute necessary component of Cataclysm. We shall see. Oh, God, more emails. Shoot me now. This from Jeremiah. Hey, gnome. Enjoying your portion of the Rantathon as I work on Loremaster, fueled by late-night caffeine. I'm curious to hear about your top five list, films, games, and such. Cheers from Jeremiah. I'm not one for uh, such lists. Um, I can list five films that I love. Uh, Fifth Element, Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. God, see, I repeat it. See, this is why I suck at least doing top lists on the fly. Another good. Uh, what is that I go back to? Serenity. Here's number three. What else do I go back to when I just want to watch something that plays nicely in the background and stays good? Blade Runner. Hard to screw that one up. Uh, Ridley Scott for the win. And Aliens, uh, which is kind of a descendant of a Ridley Scott film, but James Cameron. Oh, yeah. Games, I'm not really in touch with games. Uh, you know, my recent life in the last you know, ten years, basically, or so, has been you know, MMO to MMO, so I went from EQ to brief stint on City of Heroes into WoW and really never looked back. And so that's the you know the top one game there is World of Warcraft because it's pretty much all I have time for and I barely have time for that. Yeah, Black Void Tron. Yeah, you're not wrong. I've got a collector's edition of Tron and I bust it out pretty regularly. Very much looking forward to the sequel. Hope they don't screw it up. Uh, we shall see. Hope they borrow heavily from the uh, Tron 2.0 video game plot lines because it was fun. What's that holding meant? Next email from Bohemia. Which would be better? The way things are now, Blizzard being the elephant in the room, catering to many customers with watered-down content, and that retarded horse and the like, and having 11.5 million subscribers, or many smaller games companies, or just smaller, more niche games, under the umbrellas of a few companies, catering to each of their own smaller market. The spectrum between hardcore mode elitist jerks and the I am just terabads. Um, we have that now. You have a wealth of choices in your MMO video gaming pantheon. Those other games are still out there. They just don't have 11 million players. That doesn't mean you can't play them. Vanguard Saga of Heroes is out there waiting for the hardcore players to play it. Strangely, they keep playing WoW and just get on the forums and bitch about it, which I don't understand. My knee-jerk reaction to someone who says, WoW is not hard enough, is simply, why are you not playing Vanguard? The game you want exists and is out there waiting for you to subscribe. Why are you here complaining about this game that is obviously not made for you? Why are you not playing the game that is made for what you say you want? But I'm not bitter. Also from the email, a similar question is: Does WoW do everyone a disservice by trying to keep hard, trying to 
too hard to keep everyone happy and keep too many plates spinning or in the air. Um, no, I don't think they do a disservice. They serve a seething mass of humanity that wants to play the kind of game they're creating. If we didn't want to play that kind of game, there would not be 11 million subscribers. And again, I fall back on the these other games that people who are playing WoW effectively describe that they wish WoW was completely exist and are available for play right now. And why aren't you playing them? Is it because you want to be on the, quote, winning team and be on the game that has the most players? Well, then, you're playing the game that they have offered you. You've exercised your free will. You're playing well because it's the game you want to play. Shut up and get off the forums. If you truly dislike the game and the direction it is taking... You can find the game you are describing already in existence elsewhere on the internet. And I say to you, go play it. Be happy and content that someone has made the game that you want to play. If you cannot find the game that you want to play, stop being a gamer or become a game developer and develop the game you do want to play and see how many people sign up to play it with you. But I'm not bitter. Thank you for that email. That was from Bohemia. Another email from Shower Content Guy. Do you use any expensive computer accessories like Razer, Logitech, Steel Series gear? If so or not, what do you use? I personally have a Razer, Lycosa, Mamba, and a Steel Series Siberia V2 headset. Uh, no, all of my discretionary income computer-wise goes into broadcast equipment for doing shows like this one. I have a unremarkable Logitech keyboard, Logitech mouse, a middlingly powerful Core 2 Duo machine, and a middlingly powerful PCI Express video card from ATI. Um, my one indulgence is the three-monitor setup, uh, where I have a secondary ATI video card in another slot, driving a third monitor, and I highly recommend it to anyone who uh, can scrounge up uh, an extra flat panel or two where you have your main screen and then a secondary screen off to the left and right where you can have multiple other things running while you're gaming and or right now I've got the broadcast software on the left, email program in the middle, and IRC chat on the right. Uh, it takes up an absurd amount of uh, desktop real estate but is awfully, awfully useful. <sighs> Send your emails to continue the rantathon forward, though I am fading fast, to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. So, what uh, has the Black Ford got going for us here? Wow, he perked up. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about my little rant on uh, people complaining about Wow, wishing it were a different game, but not going and playing the game that they're describing that obviously already exists in the world. So, hmm. If we get him riled up, he will go for hours. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. You underestimate the power of old. Uh, yeah, there is that. Need a bigger, uh, 
Thanks, Jump Mephers. The WoW forums are, um, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. That, you know, that line from Star Wars holds true. This is why I don't participate on forums other than our own forums, which are a wonderful oasis of uh, clear thought and good discourse. Come to vtwproductions.com and click on the forums link at the top of the screen and enjoy what a discussion forum should be. Yeah, there are some ridiculously powerful uh, multiple screen setups. ATI has a six monitor card you can get with six display ports on it and you basically arrange them into a grid of three by two and it's one big screen uh, they're just waiting for someone to develop some flat panels that don't have bezels on them so it can actually be one big screen um, yeah the, the extent people will go to get the big screen wraparound experience is quite ridiculous but there are always people who will overdo things, and sometimes we have need of them. And anyone who can identify that quote will win one internet from me. Coming up on the next break here, I have absolutely nothing queued up, and no emails in the inbox, so we may be approaching the end here, people, because I am quite tired and made the mistake of drinking some tequila, which has made me even more old and more tired. And the, let's see, 67 of you remaining listening are, I believe, also fading fast. So, let me cue up a wee bit of music for a break here. We'll come back for another segment and see where that leads us by way of stuff being submitted to be talked about and my energy level. You are listening to, oh, look at that, more emails coming in. You guys absolutely rock. Send your missives into the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. The next orb coming to you here. I'll be back in just a few after I do the rounds in the house. Make sure everyone is asleep, tucked tight in their beds, and content. I am one wise. You are the world, and I am worst. Wow. 
Androids dream of electric sheep? Do androids dream of electric sheep? <coughs> electronic media creates reality. Electronic media creates your mind. <coughs> Do androids dream of electronic sheep? <coughs> this is Angel. This is Angel. We are the Android Sisters. Last night I watched the nightly news. Last night I watched the nightly news. Do you watch the nightly news? Do you watch it faithfully? Night after night after night. I watch it. I watch it. We watch the nightly news. But last night was different. Something happened. As I watched, I suddenly saw that <gasps> my hands had become little hooves. My feet were little hooves. <gasps> My nose was long. My nostrils were big. <gasps> I had two furry ears. I was covered with wool. <gasps> When I opened my mouth, out came ba ba, and the anchorman was saying bla bla, and I replied ba ba. And the anchor woman was saying, "Blah, blah," and I replied, "Ba, Then I remembered. Then I remembered. Electronic media creates reality. Electronic media creates your mind. Do you watch the nightly news? Do you watch it faithfully, night after night after? When they go blah blah blah, do you go ba ba ba? And you have the nerve to ask us: Do androids dream of electronic sheep? And so we reply. Yes, we dream of electronic sheep. We dream. So a little taste there of the ZBS pr production of uh, the Adventures of Ruby. That was actually a bit from the Android Sisters, which is actually a small part of the Adventures of Ruby. And linking in the IRC, zbs.org, that's zebra, bravo, sierra.org. They do and have done for many years radio drama in the sci-fi fantasy realm. I recommend starting with The Adventures of Ruby, Galactic Gumshoe. Uh, good stuff. I've actually worked with them in the past and think may pr pursue permission from them to play uh, the original Adventures of Ruby on the uh, 24-7 stream for you guys here in the future to give all you young mumps a taste of what can be done with just plain audio. 
Ajax. What's going on with the CS Tag? I'm listening now. Panel. That would be because uh, when Octail signed off from their Rantathon on Octail Hordic versus the World, he changed the tag to Casually Hardcore. When I picked up the ball for Rantathon 2010 to carry it forward for another, looks like three and a half hours so far, shooting for four hours, and then we'll probably call it a wrap. But. Yes, I knocked out Octel and stole the Rantathon because I'm just that good. From the emails, you're still flowing in. Thank you, guys. You rock. From Shower... No, Show Content Guy, version 2. Do you believe that subscription models are the best way for MMOs or... F2P with microtransactions or the RuneScape method of F2P but larger amount of content for members who pay monthly. Do you believe there is another model? There's all kinds of models that people haven't envisioned quite yet. Um, there's a lot of power in the free-to-play model. Just ask Sony, on, Sony Online Entertainment about how Free Realms has done and the answer will be back very, very well. Thank you very much. Uh, people who are interested in you know, playing just flash games and the casual games that PopCap has made their empire on, um, big game developers have taken notice. And there is a place for the free-to-play and then give us extra money for cooler stuff in-game model. Uh, it's when they cross-pollinate and cross-contaminate that I get annoyed. Uh, there should be you pay your money and you get the same level playing field as everyone else on one end and then you pay extra money and get extra stuff on the other hand and never the twain should meet um, I like the RuneScape model of free to play and you can play the basic game for no money and if you really love it and become invested in it then give them more money for cooler stuff um, I'm a believer in the what had been the WoW model uh, you pays your money, you get the same game and same opportunities as everyone else, and the stuff you get and the achievements you have in-game are based on your level of commitment. Um, there's room for both models, and as has been demonstrated, both models exist and flourish on the interwebs even as we speak. My preference is for the level playing field version. Uh, microtransactions annoy me, but that's because I'm old and inflexible. From Bohemia, I think I heard the casual call mention that you do pen and paper role-playing too. What games and classes does everyone play? Um, Daxa and Grail primarily are doing the pen and paper role-playing these days, so I really have nothing to offer on this segment. It's been quite some time since the last time I did pen and paper role-playing. last time I played was D&D uh, 3rd Edition Rules. Many, many moons, and I played a dwarf berserker named Boffin, and uh, he was unstable um, and enjoyed desecrating uh, temples of gods other than his own. And he just plain had issues. But I digress. Um, so, yeah, send that one into, uh, or I'll forward this on for our next show for uh, Erica and Adam, also known as Dexa and Grail, to answer for you. Because I just don't have those answers for you. From Gribog, or Graybog. Love the show. Glad I was able to catch you tonight before you passed out. <laughs> but only just. 
Here's something Samsung is setting up uh, for the ATI iFinity 6 with ultra-low bezel dimensions. And the image of the setup is pretty epic looking. It has a link to... Something that I will link to you guys in the miracle of the IRC. Once my browser wakes up, control C, followed by control V. And then, yeah, that's freaking holy. It is a uh, an array of uh, 3x2 landscape 16 by 9 aspect ratio flat panels with uh, minimalist plastic bezels around the screens to allow for maximum screenness when connected to the uh, lovely iFinity 6, which is the video card we've mentioned previously. That's a lot of surface area. Wow. And if I won the lottery and had more money than God, I would probably own it. But I do not for now. PC Perspective also covered a special set that uses this tech, and it's also very cool. Let me link that in the IRC as well, because the IRC is all... The video drama URL is www.zbs.org. That's ZuluBakerSierra.org. And now you have something to dream about besides your wife and epic audio gear. That from Greybog. Thank you for contaminating my soul. And we have a link here from Kaze. And this is a real-life murlocs and links to a National Geographic article that says, Nine fish with hands found to be new species. And they have pictures of what are essentially murlocs. And let me be the first to say, we all gonna die. And murlocs are evil. They do look distressingly similar to what would you, you would think a, a murloc tadpole would look like. Busy. They're not, not all that different from my murky pet. Uh, did I mention earlier that I collect the rare pets and actually have a murky, which uh, is the coolest, uh, well, fights with material uh, and grunty for the title of uh, coolest non-combat pet in-game. And so, you know, uh, Black Void, help me out here. Uh, between murky... Uh, grunty and miniaturial. You know who's who's the most epic uh, non-combat pet to uh, of the rare ones to have in games. I've got all three, and I just now you know which one I should whip out to you, impress the masses with. So this old thing, you know, this my my murky or my miniaturial or my grunty. Which one is it? The Grunty, I think, only really shines when someone brings out the uh, mini Zergling pet and they and they duke it out. Uh, so Valric votes miniaturial. That's and that's my inclination is uh, Tyrael, just because Tyrael was given out via the uh, worldwide invitational in Paris, and not a lot of people on the U.S. side have him. And a decent number of people went to BlizzCon and got themselves a Grunty, so that's why he wins over Grunty from my perspective. 
Then again, I'm not a big player of the Diablo franchise, though I hope to fix that with Diablo 3, so the significance of Tyrael is somewhat lost on me. Uh, the Miracle of One-Eyed Willie, uh, yeah, he's kind of fun, but I'm not going to pull out my Willie for you. That's correct, Dragonfire. Oh, fading fast, ladies and gentlemen, and we are not getting additional emails, and we're stuck staring at the black void. Magical Crawdad wins all, though. Magical Crawdad, which I still do not have, because cannot bring myself to do that much fishing, though I do have the, the uh, giant rat from the Dalaran sewers, but I don't know. Sounds suspiciously like work. But part of me wants the uh, giant sea turtle pet as well. So, in the doldrums between expansions here, perhaps I will go back to Outland and get the uh, magical crawdad pet and then farm around in Northrend schools for the sea turtle mount. <sighs> I'm not so sure about that. Um. When you say, Zymery, that you farm the phoenix, do you mean the phoenix hatchling or the phoenix mount, as in the ashes of, of Alar? Because ashes of Alar, hell of a lot more rare than the phoenix hatchling, which I was actually farming with Highlight earlier today for her. Okay, the hatchling. I don't feel so bad. Yeah, I have the hatchling, and we utterly failed to get one for Iolite earlier today, but we'll try again later. Um... Ethereal Trader Pet from the Trading Card Game? Yeah, I wouldn't mind one of those. It's an interesting thing, little mechanic they put in there where you can you know, have him out and earn currency to then buy stuff from him. Uh, that's also nice to have your own, very own vendor to vendor stuff off to, whatever the hell you want. But I've got the... Uh, oh, the Squire from the Argent Tournament, so whenever I need a vendor, you know, he's got all my stuff. Or a bank trip or a mailbox or whatever the... Well, I'm old and tired and bent. So, failing massive new topics, I think we will call our three and three quarter hour extension to Rantathon 2010 a success. And I will end it so that I and all of you can get some sleep. I'm going to go tuck a little uh, Arch Nemesis into her upstairs crib and collapse into my bed for another two and a half hours or so before she cries out for her next meal. So, join us on the web, if you have not already. www.vtwproductions.com That's versustheworldproductions.com We have a flourishing forum community that we wish to have continue to flourish. We have got live shows and podcasts. 20 for Tea, Casually Hardcore, The Emperor's Court, coming soon. We hope we can get the things sorted out. Game Nights, Octale and Hordeck vs. The World, and recently returned from hiatus, uh, podcast only, this one, not live show, SU Gaming, all about making your favorite games work under the open source Linux operating system. If you're interested in becoming a content creator, we have a wonderful system where you can create short-form content that we played during our breaks, during our live shows. 
three to five minute content. Send your demo reel or send requests for information as to how the heck you do this to VTW subs. That's VTWSUBS at gmail.com. And we will help you get started in the wonderful world of shoutcasting and podcasting. We have some interesting video stuff that we're toying with. Come to vtwproductions.com, click on videos, see some of the stuff we've recorded under our various sections, Doc Dead, Gnomewise, Emperor, and Shoutcraft. And what else do we have here? We have blogs. If you are a writer and you have geek culture-related stuff that you would love to blog about, send information to us to submissions at vtwproductions.com that's submissions at w <laughs> see old habits I started to say that old defunct website's name and screwed it up submissions at vtwproductions.com if you want to read what our submitters are doing now come to vtwproductions.com click on the or hover over the blogs link and go down to contributors and you will see some of the wonderful blog entries we've had so far and we're looking to have even more so we got your live chat we got your video we got your photos we got your blogs we got your forums if you think what we are doing here is worthy of support you can donate to the station. Click on the donate link up in the upper right-hand corner of vtwproductions.com and use the miracle of PayPal to send us a couple of bucks for improving our audio hardware, keeping the servers up and running. We have two different servers you have to maintain and have all this work for you, the website and the media server that hosts the forums, the RSS feeds, and all the downloads. And occasionally the people who run these things want, you know, money. They're crazy that way. I know what the hell were they thinking. But if you have a couple of bucks that you wish to send to the organization, we would appreciate it, and we will spend it on things to help improve the content that we bring to all of you at no regular cost. Donations are not required, but they are appreciated. Questions, comments, and smart-ass remarks can be sent into the show at alphageekradio.com for me or octail and hordak at gmail.com for those other guys that started this whole rantathon thing earlier in the day it has been my pleasure to help extend the rantathon for you i have been gnomewise you have been the world and i am going to bed for i am old and tired thanks for humoring me have a great night guys see you later Bombadida, 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 Bombad